And we're back. I'm James. This is the Glaze Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. Hey, James, did you go to the game this weekend? Yeah. What was the best part? Um, pump return. The, the kick return? Yeah, and the pick six. Yeah, the pick, pick six. six. That yes. was great because he and my dad were sitting there, and my dad was like, buddy, I don't think we're going to get to 70. And then like a second later, <laughs> Corbin Walker grabs that interception. <laughs> did did uh, your grandpa run out of candy? Um, Yes. Ooh, we talked about so. did we talk about that just last week, the other week, about the level of candy that you prepare for? And... It's two every week now. So, <laughs> <laughs> who do you think is going to win next week? Mm. Well, maybe Weber, but probably Montana. Except maybe Weber because they're a good team at that home place. They're at home. That's a good point. James is hedging his bets right now. <laughs> seven and zero and seven and zero at home, and yeah. Weber's one, and Montana's the other. Chris and Weber both seven and zero at home. And I don't know if Montana State is. Yeah, who cares about Montana State? Hey, thanks, bud. Thanks, Only dude. my four cousins. Oh yeah, you've got some cousin cat fans. It's true. Ooh, you got that's cat that's fans common in, in Montana. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Right. Thanks, bud. All right. <laughs> So, yeah, um, that was great, right, this game this weekend, but we got something more important first. Um, so last week, the most controversial thing that happened on the pod and the only real thing of note um, was what? that uh, Brent and Luke both uh, said they hate America and don't like Stuffing dressing. is not American. Um, so one of our wonderful fans actually fans. made – dressing and brought it over here today for these guys to try <laughs> and they it's are a, it's so cool they are right now live as we uh as we pod this out um trying <laughs> well you, you so you put gravy on yours well i put some gravy on part of it and i've got some some dry stuffing over here the caveat i will say is that <laughs> she made it, and she said that it doesn't need gravy. I believe all dressing needs gravy, so I got some store-bought gravy, but that's not the same thing. I'm going to try this piece without gravy. <laughs> Nobody's keeled over and died. I haven't taken a bite yet, though. So, uh... That's true. Luke could pull off being a food judge on a television show with his facial expressions mm. here. It's like searching out the tastes. Brent, meanwhile, looks like he's going to throw up. Is there some thyme in this? There's I, a lot of butter in it. I believe so. What do you think the bread is? Boy, I don't know. <laughs> it's a hearty bread. It's the senior wonder bread. <laughs> wow. How cool is this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know what else I hate is brownies. <laughs> Screw brownies. <laughs> Never chocolate, had a good brownie. <laughs> cho- chocolate cake is the worst cake ever. <laughs> Nicely done. So <laughs> we'll shout out to our, uh, our our friend Beth Taylor for making us uh, making us some dressing to try here. And I will. They're both of them are clearing their plates, so I think maybe they don't hate dressing as much as they thought they did. See? It's filling. I don't know, man. Yeah. See, I think we might have converted one of the two. All right. Brent might not eat it the next time it's available at a dinner table, but Luke might give it a try. That's like cornbread what it is there's some sugar in this oh yeah it's 
Some some sweet bread. Hers is a little bit sweeter than the stuff I make. That's for sure. <sighs> okay. Anyway. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> we love that fan interaction. How about that? <laughs> wow, I'm going to wash it down with a little powder hound here. Yeah. There we go. I've got my miner's gold. Okay. Lucy Clark Brewing. Uh, it's all a uh, new beer, so we're not going to have any shake-up incidents yet. <laughs> that, we know, that we know of, yeah. My ring doorbell caught Luke just shaking the whole thing out front. <laughs> all right, so guys. Wow. Um, clearly, we all three picked the Grizz to win this week, and that's what they did. So <laughs> Wait, wait. <laughs> There's this whole hashtag we started, Mike. That you, can't, you can't sidestep this landmine. <laughs> Um, so I was two things. I, I was trying to explain it because during the week, um, uh, Coulter Nuana's, you know, ESPN Missoula, Skyline Sports actually texted me and was like, you don't actually think the Grizz are going to lose, right? And I said, yeah, I'm scared to death. Like I went to Bozeman, they got crushed. I'm just mentally not there. But in reality, I was kind of trying to reverse jinx things a little bit because Luke talked me out of, you know, picking the picking the cats and cat grizz. So you're welcome, everybody. Um, <laughs> but also, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, hashtag Why is Mike wrong? There's no reason we have to stop this. <laughs> we can keep this going. But I can see where James learns how to hedge his bets. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so the yeah the I mean the Grizz come out and beat Southeast Louisiana University. Yeah, it's another um, note we got corrected on that. Clu, what if SLU? SLU. No, if yeah. they're gonna give up seventy three points, we get to call them whatever we want. I'm gonna point out a couple things. I think I call them Semo and Sela and Clu. I call them all sorts we, of stuff. We were called goons on the SLU message board. Yes. Um. But hey, a couple of them listened, so that's a win for us. Yeah, right? our Texas downloads are way up. Way Texas or Louisiana, Louisiana, wherever those assholes. Way are up. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when when people from the swamp try to tell us how to say words. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I'm gonna say is like ESPN calls them Sela. Yeah, the announcers call them Sela. So think, it's like for them to get like, all over us, it's like. For some reason, I feel like they, like, at one point had, like, Sela written in the middle of their field. So, I mean, yeah. Anyway, so that's the biggest thing I learned this week. Also, their conference doesn't play defense, apparently. No, defense is definitely optional. How much did you love the Grizz coming out and throwing deep to Ture on that first? That was uh, uh, (laughs) – I mean, you knew the the money was going to be there, but (laughs) – the first play from scrimmage for the Grizz. Wow. Well, I was I was sweating at that point. Not only because I was inside. I was gonna say you were in a box somewhere. Just because I was talk inside. about that later. But um no, you know, we come out, they, we we win the toss, defer, and elect you know, and then um SLU chooses to get the ball, of course. Um and we stop them. But a roughing the, a roughing the punter penalty extends their drive, which yeah. was a bunch of BS. He got I blocked mean, into him. It was clear. clearly blocked into him. Super bad call. But I mean, the ref was right there. That's those are the ones that always get to me. It's like, how did you not see that? You're literally looking at the punter. Yeah. What else is it? That's your one job is look at the freaking punter. You had one job. One job. 
So, but I'm sweating because the penalty extends their drive and they come down and score. Grizz are down 7-0. And, you know, by the time we receive the kick, I'm really nervous because I thought for momentum purposes, we needed to get up early and have a good start. And it didn't seem like we were going to have a start. No. Yeah. Eight seconds later. (laughs) Feeling a little better. Feeling a little better. It's like we talked about last week, you know when I was nervous and stuff, it's it, we just didn't know how they were going to come out. And I was talking to people in the tailgates and I will say Grizz nation, there were a lot more of you that were nervous. Like I was than acknowledged it on Twitter. The comments in the tailgates, very much supportive. Um, but we talked about who we're going to see in the first two series and boy, they set the tone. And I have to think that it's like SLU must've been sitting on the sidelines there being proud of themselves for their drive. And then the Grizz come out and throw it deep. The first play of the game. As James pointed out astutely, it took less than Teray's number of seconds for the Grizz to score. It took seven <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah. Like 62 yards, seven seconds, and we're back to tie ball game. I I just have to think that at that moment, Louisiana was like, oh my gosh, like this team is going to be able to score on us all day long. Silu, I'm still going to mess this up. Silu <laughs> gets the ball back. And, you know, the Grizz, true to form, their defense steps up and forces a punt. Grizz march right back down, mm-hmm. chip in a field goal. Mm-hmm. And really, Which could have been a touchdown. I mean, Snead got pressured, but he also just overthrew Roberts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he did. Yep. But when you, you know, I we could go play by play here, essentially. But what I what happened was we didn't really fail a drive. No, I mean, wasn't it? We scored on all but did one we? one drive in the first half. Right. It's like touchdown, field goal, touchdown, punt, or something like that. And then how, the last couple, we'll get to it, but I mean, the last couple minutes of the second half, like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, so our, I mean, our total drive series, it, touchdown, field goal, punt, and then one, two, three, five. four, five touchdowns, a punt, three touchdowns, three punts, pick six. <laughs> is, there, is there anything to clean up on offense after looking at that game? I mean, we didn't get the running game going, but at some point that was – Possibly a virtue of they couldn't stop the pass, so why not keep passing? And did Mike? I know you usually will watch the game afterwards. I watched some of the first and second quarter the other day um, on the ESPN replay, but I I didn't watch the whole thing. But someone had told me, and I don't know if it was the radio or TV, but someone asked Bobby at halftime, like something along the lines of you're going to get the running game more. And it was a comment of they're giving us so much in the past game. We're just going to keep doing what works. So yeah, you know, the only thing I really thought it seemed like sometimes, although I think most of his touchdowns came that way. Knight would, those ends, those defensive ends they had would push Knight back and kind of disrupt some of his runs going around the edge. But he had the middle of the field, pretty well it seemed like to me he had one run back right where he runs all the way to one sideline or runs all the way to the other and he winds up gaining no yards he had a couple of those kind of just going on the side that really didn't amount for a whole lot but he, i mean that that's part of the game i, I don't view it as like he, a, he 16 carries 79 yards only had four yards lost so net of 75 yeah 4.7 yards a carry i mean he quietly in some of the grizz games even that the grizz haven't 
they've thrown the ball more. He's still putting up 75-plus yards. I mean, it's like, night has been a revelation. This I year. felt that we could have ran on them yeah. at any point. But I think Bobby acknowledged, like, we need to score a bunch of points. Well, Brent even texted it in, like, yeah. the second or third drive. It's like, we, we could run on them all day. And that was, Knight had a 10-yard run. And it was just the middle of the Grizz O-line just drove the the Lions D line into their linebackers and Knight ran for nine or ten yards and it was just like if we can get this type of production in the first quarter, this game's already over. So yeah. Well if the Grizz played in that conference, would they average sixty points a game? Probably. I mean the your backups might get more regular play time, so maybe in the fifties, but I <laughs> I don't know. Because it, it was like, well, we're going to pass the ball because, you know, it's open. But we felt we could run the ball, too. It's like I, you had to count. Did they have like nine guys on the field? Like, <laughs> they well, struggled. They struggled. And what's interesting is is the Grizz, th- that D-line for SLU had two big-time transfers on it. Yeah. Like their ends, Bobby said in QB Club last week, were like legit players. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like credit to the D line; they didn't give up a sack. Nope. I mean, Snead had one, got hit once, according to the stat book. You know, and it was a blitz up the middle. Yeah, and I, I saw Sai. I think shifted right. Guy came left, but Dalton in the in the post game presser said that that was on him. I don't think he he called the the coverage yeah. blocking scheme right. Yeah. Um. So it's not even like it was Sai's fault or anything or anyone's fault, but Dalton's. Our out, our offensive line played outstanding. It's our best game, maybe. I mean, we didn't have the best ground game going, but we didn't need it. It was more the protection of the pass game. So, um, so do, you, wait, do you think the only uh, blight would have been Gabe Peppinger's extra oh, point oh, attempt? Well, Purdy oh. missed one early. Yeah. Yeah, missed one Four games, game. it's oh. the end of the game blowout. Oh, let the backup kicker go kick one. I, I, I was just joking. I was just line, thought it was and funny. Like, how could peas are just kind of laughing, shaking their heads <laughs> like, like, yeah. all the time? I was like, that was unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> a gimme. Um, I guess, I mean, you could argue that maybe Snead needs to uh, pass the ball around a little bit more. Uh, went, <laughs> yeah, went to Teray for he 303. Really <laughs> he really shouldn't focus on Teray so much. Yeah, I mean, that's terrible. One guy, 303. <laughs> do, you, do you think at any point in time... They knew on the sideline that Randy Moss's record was within. I wonder about that because Hulk really usually isn't into that sort of thing. But everybody you talk to says that he knows things. Now, a couple other records fell in the game that I bet he did know about. Knight um, scored three touchdowns and, and four total. Four total and passed the all-time single-season touchdown record of he passed, Reynolds. He passed both records. The, the rushing, rushing and, and the, the all-time. The total, yep. And um, Ture, even before uh, breaking Randy Moss's record, he broke Joe Douglas's uh, single-game right. Grizzly, Grizzly record. Grizzly record, yeah. Yep. And do you know that Ture is only 79 yards off of the single-season receiving yards record? Yeah. I mean, let's just talk about him, his game for a minute here. I mean, he... Put up 303 yards, like we said. 12 catches for 303 yards. What does that average to? I have it in His front long of me. was 62. <laughs> so the stat book can I mean, tell me, but it doesn't say. Three touchdowns, which is what gets him maybe 13 for the year. 
He's he is that's twenty five point two five yards a catch. <laughs> Run that play. Yeah. <laughs> Every, Every time. Down. See, we could be great offensive coordinators. <laughs> and there was uh I mean there was one play where it was just one of those quick, probably just a line audible things where Toure catches just a quick pass right off the snap and just does his little sidestep and turns it into a, an eight or nine yard gain. And it was right in front of my seats where I sit and I just leaned into my seat neighbor Lee and I just say, he makes that look so incredibly easy. And just, he did everything all over the field. And I think his third touchdown was, I mean, it just summed the day up. And I think the photos afterwards and because it's like the ball was in the air a little, little too long, but a little windy in the stadium that day. <clears throat> so he had to slow down a little bit, but then he just drags the corner yep, the last seven, the eight yards, just drags him practically, and then high steps. And, of course, I love the photos, too, because he got the corner just laying all defeated on the ground. So and... one of the cool things GoGrizz.com does is yeah. they seem to do a good job of of immediately uploading and tagging their photos with players. Yeah. And when you go to the players page, it's like a carousel of photos. Oh, nice. And the first one, when I pulled this up a minute ago, is him – Doing the high step in the end zone with the guy on the ground behind him. And the guy on the ground looks like he got ran over by yeah, a bus. Just like, that was like the end of the day there. It was such a spectacular day that if I was playing my little brother in like NCAA football and he had a receiver put up that kind of game, I would have been like, you messed with the settings. This is cheating. <laughs> so... Um, he's up to 79 catches for 1,410 yards, 13 touchdowns. Um, he's catching about six balls a game. And for his career, 147 receptions, 2,403 yards, 20 touchdowns. Boy, that's I'm glad he's a junior. And he's got another year. Another year. But what's crazy is, so Ken's been out. So we'll get a Ken back next year. Roberts is coming into his own. I mean, Roberts had a hell of a touchdown catch. He had a couple others where big catches. He yeah. could have made it. He had one where Sneed threw behind him, and it looked like he maybe got tipped. Got tipped. It did get tipped. And yeah. he like reaches back, and that was like right diagonal from my seats. And like I turned to James, that was a hell of a catch. Like yeah. reaching backwards, oh, and yeah. it's like those things make you think that Roberts, like we've talked about on this pod already, is going to be the clutch guy in the next two years where all of a sudden it's like something's going to happen in the game and he's going to make a catch that we're going to be like, where did that come from? Wow, we needed that. Yeah, and he's got all the potential in the world. And I think if we've got uh, Samari and Samuel, like the, again, the defense is going to have to say, what are we going to do, bracket two dudes and yeah. then like let <laughs> I mean, Roberts go one-on-one? I just think that those three guys in our three receiver sets next year, and obviously – There'll be times when Solster's in there, and there'll be times when Keelan White's in there, and that we've still got a, a ridiculous plethora of receiver depth. But Flowers it's like and, yeah, those yeah. three guys with a pass catching tight end and Knight yeah, we'll have Rensville back. It's like that passing and offense Demi. is going to be and like, Demi. oh my god, what are they going to do? <laughs> like, pick your poison. You know, it's like we're going to double a Cam who's having this, or we're going to double Teray who's having this amazing year. Sammy Akem might be the most physically gifted of all of them, so you're going to leave him single coverage on the other side? I mean, no. No. <laughs> oh, by the way, we have a running back who just set the single-season <laughs> record for touchdowns. You know, I don't know. It's uh, Excited about right now, excited about next year. 
Oh, yeah. So Grizz put up 600 yards of total offense. <clears throat> right on the button. Yeah. Do you think we'll face another offense as electric as this one? I mean, obviously we go to Weber, um, and you can't look past that game. <clears throat> I mean, no. if we beat Weber, I mean, Jamie, no. you put up 60 points. Yeah. On Monmouth. On Monmouth. So, it, it's tough to say. I think Monmouth is probably better than southeastern Louisiana. I, I bet Monmouth, Monmouth probably would have beat southeastern Louisiana as well, too. Yeah, I'd agree. But it'll be interesting. So, JMU plays UNI, who has a pretty good defense. So, if they put up big numbers again on offense, then then maybe, yeah. What did you guys think of um, what we did on defense? Um, we did enough. I think. I think we're this far into the season that our pass defense is like it is what it is. They're not gonna. They're not gonna magically fix it in a week. And so there was plays where I <clears throat> I recall a, maybe a third down where quarterback is getting chased and rolls out and just kind of chucks a prayer up, but he knows his receivers are gonna be able to just come back and catch the ball. But our corners. Our corners didn't get beat deep. Our safeties had a – there was that that second quarter, that, that stretch in the second quarter where like 28 points was scored in like three minutes of clock time or something, right? Yeah. Uh, where there was I, – I think I think our safeties had a little bit of issue with some of those quick interior slants. I think some of it was we were maybe blitzing a little heavy, a little too often at some points, and it was putting the safeties in a little too much trouble because I think everybody kind of knows it's a challenge for our safeties with that quick coverage. But I don't know. I, I mean... So, in your scouting report, Brent, I, I feel like I noticed that Weber's given up 21 point something points a game, mm-hmm. and the Grizz are giving up 25? 24, 25, something like that. So, it's like, you think about it, it's like... Proportionally, I'd rather be that close on the points and give up way more yards. And I think that part of this scheme says... Teams are going to get their passing yards, but we have to buckle down and get some big stops. Yeah, yeah. And our offense has to go score. That just seems to be what the defensive scheme is because is. we don't have the depth on the defensive line to change the backs. Well, Luke, didn't you say this last week or the other week? Some of these passing yards are <clears throat> hollow yards. So we passed for 10 more yards than them in the game. But we scored in the 70s. A full team effort that that included a whole lot of other things, and they scored twenty eight. Yeah, it's it's empty calories. Yeah. It's soggy bread. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I was actually thinking, like, man, we gave up a ton of yards, but we only gave up four scores. The first score was on their first drive, and penalty. we, I think, we can all agree, penalty aided, crappy call aided. Then we stop them four straight. Series, give up three touchdowns in a row, and two of those are in that scoring deluge at the end of the second half. <laughs> second quarter that would never end. And then we don't give up another point the rest of the game. We yeah. stop them on seven straight possessions. Yeah. I was actually super impressed with our defense's ability to buckle down, especially on third downs. I mean, they only gave up seven points in the second half. Right, right, yeah. And I think doesn't the stat book usually shows, <clears throat> yeah. So third down conversions <clears throat> in the third quarter, the Lions were two of five, and in the fourth quarter they're one of three. Really, they were only 
good in the first quarter, four of seven. Then they go one of three, two of five, one of three. And three of those conversions came in the first drive. Yeah. So, like, I I was really impressed with their defense. I thought the game was a huge step forward. And they were on the field quite a bit early in that game. So, I I don't know. I came away thinking, like, for as scared and kind of nervous, maybe, maybe nervous is the better word, as I was for this game. Like, I think we came out, like, this bye week really helped us. Yeah. Like, I think it having, I know they had a few days off, and I think it was needed to forget about the MSU game and, you know, of course, physically recuperate. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. They, they, whatever they did in this bye week, they threw out whatever they did in the Sac State bye week, and it worked great. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that Sac State caught him off guard. Sac State was in the middle of a run that yeah. I just think that teams weren't going to beat him. And, you know, we'll talk about more later, but that ended. So, man, so much to talk about. So much to talk about in this game. We haven't touched Dante Olsen, of course, 13 more tackles. Underperformed. Should Underperformed. have had 15. Should have had 15. God, Dante. Dante. Um, he is, he is <laughs> what's his, like, what's his season total now? One, let's see here. I got it. I got it. Dante Olsen has 165 tackles. Yep. And so he is zeroing in on the career tackles record. Yeah. Which is incredible. Also became the 35th, um, FCS all American in UM history yeah. today. I mean, this guy, it's like we say it every week appreciate him while he's here. There's only a couple games left. One of the best Grizzlies of all time. Gotta like it. Yeah. He um incredible he, game. He had a sack that they showed at QB Club tonight. Yeah. And it was just like I I mean the guy, the D lineman for, for SLU had no chance. They did this oh, little man. stunt and then the guy was supposed to shift over and get him and he like barely brushed him and, and Wilson just ran straight into the quarterback and just Nailed him. I mean, he is so good. <laughs> yeah, he's not supposed to get the sack on that play. He is supposed to be a distraction for the D-line to shift off of the defensive lineman, and you're supposed to get pressure up the middle from the D-line because he's stunting around. Mm-hmm. But he's so <laughs> damn fast, and he's so damn instinctual. He slices through the line and – uh you know, kind of moving sideways a little bit, has the athleticism and the agility to zone in on the QB, who is a good athlete and yeah. a good QB, oh, yeah. can easy. escape the gravity of Dante Olsen's <laughs> grasp. Ah, he's so exciting. I, one of my actual favorite plays of Dante's was a real kind of generic play in the stat book where he chased down Williams, number one, the running back, on a check down. And it was a play where they just they just sent Williams out to the, the visitor side bench and dumped a quick pass down to him. And Williams is their leading rusher and their leading pass catcher. And Dante just cuts across the field and dropped him for like a two yard gain. <laughs> and it's like your your all purpose running back in theory 
should be outrunning your linebacker, your opposing linebackers in most situations. Yeah, I mean and that just showed again just this level of talent that Dante has. Because flip the other side, we converted a third down where we dumped down to Marcus Knight, and he ran past two linebackers to get the first down. So that's like the design. Okay, just like get the ball and go, and they couldn't do that. Williams, on the end of the day. He led the team in catches, and I think Dante pulled him down four or five times. He had 10 catches for 27 yards. I mean, that's incredible. Like, that's a job well done. <laughs> you'll, give a, you'll give the running back 10 catches and he'll only get 27 yards. Like, <laughs> keep on wasting those plays, guys. And his longest was eight. So he had nine catches for 19 yards. <laughs> so speaking of other guys on the defense, uh, we had a listener question about a month ago about – hardest grizzly hitters of all time Mm -hmm. and robertson is definitely making notice that (laughs) he feels like he belongs in that discussion i mean would you guys agree with that oh yeah he definitely was insulted by us not bringing him up in the pod (laughs) you can tell you can tell i wouldn't want to get tackled by that man (laughs) (laughs) not at all i mean he had a great game i mean nine total tackles i had a sack around the edge i mean he had a great game he tackled their their quarterback that looks like the David and Goliath guy. Mm-hmm. And he took him down like nothing. Now, yep. Got him on the blind side. The guy had no idea it was coming, but, I mean, hell of a play. You know, I, I'm seeing – I've seen a couple cornerback blitzes. Hmm. And I remember in Trues last year here, we kind of saw them dial up those cornerback blitzes, mm-hmm. like, later in the season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something that's on film a lot with this team, but the last couple weeks we've – We've deployed some of those. Right. Yeah, we have. And it just seemed familiar to me. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, didn't Tremaine, you got a you got a safety in a Grizz Cat game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Speaking hurt. of, your cousin got a safety this week. Eli! Like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to shout on the in the booth that he was my cousin. How was giving um, Rosie some crap at the QB club because he was like, they were showing the defensive plays and he's like, Rosie thinks he's so smart. He says over the headset, we're going to get a safety here. And it's like, well, we've got him on the one. There's a decent chance we're going to get a safety here. Um, but what I enjoyed the most about QB Club this week, which, again, pitch for it. It is, it is worth it. It's supporting this team. GoGrizz.com slash QB Club. Um, we talk about a lot of stuff we're not going to say on here, but one thing I will get into, there's a couple things actually. But one, they showed um, Flowers' awesome kick return right Mm -hmm. you know gets there gets the touchdown everybody loves it crowd's going crazy and then immediately after they were like it's too bad he got so much crap for this second one and they showed the kicker for the opposing team getting him (laughs) it was great because he he should have had two he pauses it where there's like the the lane malik's like going through it and bobby's like well no one's gonna get him and then the whole court you hear the room i was watching it on the zoom call because i couldn't make it you hear the room laughing in the background because everyone knows what's coming. <laughs> and he's like, he wanted to go to the other side. He didn't want to come back to our bench and get razzed by everybody and get tackled by the kicker. <laughs> oh, man. Great game for Flowers. It, that's the thing that makes playoffs fun like this because, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, There's teams will just make mistakes in this. No, no one in the big sky is kicking to Flowers. Weber's probably not going to kick to Flowers because they know. And so SLU was looking, maybe paying a little bit more attention to the stat sheet and kind of ignoring, you know, okay, he didn't do much. And I think, 
I, there was comment that they were trying to avoid him, but I think he returned. How many returns did he have? He had quite a few. He had like a hundred plus yards return. I mean, he would have had. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah, he had 173 yards of kick returns. Of course, one was. So he had four returns. Okay. I felt like he had more. Four returns, 173 yards. I just love it. And we talked about it last week. The playoffs, sometimes the coaches don't know. Although, Hauk said he thinks that they were trying not to kick to him, but the kicker just. It sucked. Wasn't, I mean, he didn't say that, but it wasn't <laughs> good enough kidding, to place it. Could be. What, what was up with that little squib kick we did? Oh, nobody asked him. That would have been a good question. Like, halftime? We were kicking the ball in, deep into the end zone every time. Yeah, I don't and know. we kicked. There's like eight seconds left. We squib kick it and give him a well, chance to take a Hail Mary stab. If you don't kick it right at the first guy, then the second guy kind of fields it and runs the clock off. Um, so it just didn't go as planned. It just didn't go as planned. That'd be my guess. I don't know. Because otherwise, it's like you're one short pass away from a long field goal. Not against this team, but... <laughs> but somebody. Yeah. Somebody. I don't know. Um, gosh, there's so much There's so much that we should be talking about in this game. I think on offense, we saw them do a couple things. I mean, maybe we've seen it before, but they don't do it regularly, where they used a lot more wide receiver motion on almost every Everything. play. Yeah. Like, they ran motion constantly. So they obviously saw something on film and thought, we can confuse these guys by... Um, having a guy move pre-snap and then running yep. a lot of people across the formations to kind of get these guys mixed up. Mm-hmm. Clearly that worked. Worked well. Um, handed it off to, to Ray once in that, so kind of illustrating like, hey, we'll do this with more than just mm-hmm. Jerry Lou McGee. Mm-hmm. So I'd like mm-hmm. to see that. Um, what else stood out this game that we should be talking about? I think the last two minutes of the half were just awesome because uh, they they finally put a drive together, get, get to within 10 at you know, whatever point it is, and they kick off, and then Flowers returns it for a touchdown. And so the Grizz kick off, <laughs> and they let them score. And so then there's like, what, 58 seconds left or something like something that? Something like that. And the Grizz managed to go down there and score another touchdown. And I turned to my dad at that point, and I was thinking, that's got to be the most deflating end of the half that team could have. Because they were like thinking we got the momentum, then they immediately kick it off, and they return it for a touchdown. <laughs> then they come back and answer it with a touchdown, and then we come back and score again. And then and they're like, the ball. we got to kick the ball yeah. off to these guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like over the coaches were like, yeah, we're not going to stop them. Like they had to have known at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing that I yeah wanted to talk about is like them being deflated and maybe frustrated was, did you guys catch their offensive linemen barking at each other? No. No. In the second half, uh, their left tackle uh, received a false start penalty. And their left guard started pointing at their left tackle, oh, barking at him yeah. on the field. Oh. And that guy was the recipient of a false start penalty earlier <laughs> in the game. But I knew at that point, I was like, oh, man, they're like, they're complaining at each other. These yeah. guys are done. You know, I, there's there are a few things I like more than – when an opposing coach's team comes in and the coach says, we don't think noise is going to be a factor. And then their team gets five false starts in the first half. Four in the first half, five total. I think it was. I think noise was a factor. (laughs) (laughs) And and Grizz wasn't uh, close to full. 16-5-5. But it was loud. But those who showed up 
were the dedicated, smart, loud fans. Yep. Which and is, they made life hell. We should just remember that every early playoff game when people are freaking out about attendance. It's like, all I know is the people who come want to be there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's a former cheerleader who sits behind us. Um, her family has sat around us forever. And so she comes to most of the games. I will say she was very annoyed at the cheerleaders for starting the Montana Grizzly chant twice while we were on offense. So <laughs> I saw Sneed trying to quiet yeah, the fans like, down. Just, like. just a reminder, everybody, not when we're on offense. <laughs> <laughs> Whole idea, you know, be quiet for the offense, loud for the defense. Uh, what other observations <laughs> observations did you guys have? Yeah, I feel like there's so many, and we're probably missing some really great ones. But you know what a what a game, what was, an environment. I was jacked to see you know the the twos oh, and threes come in and get a bunch of playing time. Yeah, yeah. Walker gets touchdown. Yeah, Did we, like are that. we not gonna yeah talk about the pick six? <laughs> <laughs> so. Corbin Walker, and th- this was this was fun to watch because it, it's it's garbage time. Game's over. Let's get the young guys some reps. And I had uh, moved from my regular seats up to the Canyon Club, so I was uh, sipping a cold beverage, which is very nice. You can just sit out in those seats and have a beer. I don't know. That's, I don't know. I don't know. There's worse ways to watch There's that worse game. Worse ways to watch a football game. <laughs> so when, you guys were both inside. No, I wasn't inside. You can sit outside. Fluffy. You can no, take your beers outside. You take your beers outside okay. there, man. All right. So, but but Corbin Walker had two phenomenal plays in that game. His pass breakup was a deep ball, and he made a he made a play on the ball, turned, knocked it away. It was it was a tremendous play, and I think we saw a little him do this a little bit when they played in the Weber game as well too. And so I know there's kind of the grumbling and grousing about corner play and all that, and he's a true freshman, but. I mean, he does that, and then he the pick six was... I think it shows his potential. I yeah. know he's been exposed a couple times, but he's a true, true freshman, freshman playing one of the hardest positions oh, yeah. on the field. Yeah, I'm excited for this I, kid's future. I actually think that there are two freshmen, one a redshirt and one a true freshman, who are playing as backups right now, but getting experience, that I think their ceiling is so much higher than the starters we have right now, and that's Walker and Fouch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think those guys, as they transition into presumably starters next year depending on how recruiting goes obviously or guys who get a lot more playing time i think that their ceilings are so high oh i mean even even in normal years compared to what we've got right now absolutely but i just i'm excited about those two specifically agree completely yeah it's cool to see and yeah the pick six was a pretty easy pass. I don't know what I don't. They just threw it right to him. He's I think the, there. the QB just didn't realize he dropped in the coverage. It's one of those they don't see him. Like they're looking further. And... It was a nice return, and yeah, and and again the the video from QB Club, and this was kind of the neat thing. Game's over, but they're showing how excited because the red shirts are down. The on the red field shirts that point are, the and the team is, and yeah, just how much fun this team's having. It was. How cool was that video of the team after the game in the locker room? And the coach and how it comes in. Yeah, we tweeted that out and was like, you think these guys don't love their coach? Yeah. Not a chance. Bring him in. Bring him in. They lift him up. That was so cool. It was cool. It was cool. It just shows like, uh, we've said this, but like this team's got something really great going on right now and and they're really feeding off of it. And, And it was great to see him shake off the brawl loss in this fashion and just come out and just completely bury a team. 
I just I'm so happy for some of these seniors, especially. It's like you know this this hasn't been the easiest you know career for these guys here and losing the cats and you didn't want their season to end that way because they really have turned the page back to such a positive trajectory for this program that they deserved that you know they deserve to go out and have a playoff game at home and win it and have that awesome experience and and i'm just pumped like i you know what i i'm i'm excited for weber we're, we're going we'll talk about that um, but no matter what happens in Weber, I actually am at a point where I am so happy with this season for this program mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, we yeah. are one of eight teams in the country still playing football. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. There's if, nothing to if, be. If, if you had asked us at the beginning of the year, you're going to be in the final eight. We'll take it. <laughs> take it. Take it. Absolutely. Yes, I mean, Vika uh, Fa'atuisi. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. You, like, you, you but got you, talk, you got go the half, ahead. shared a sack. Yep. And I mean, it's like just to see guys, especially these seniors that have just been mm-hmm. on the team forever and, and just in a spot where he's, he got in and, he got, and he, got a, he got a sack. And he also was a big contributor actually on the safety as well, too. Yeah. You probably, so. you, if you were in the Canyon Club, you probably didn't see it, but – the I was sidelines. <laughs> it was so, but I mean, I'm it was so it, yeah. cool to see the Grizz sideline. He came back and it was like everybody on that team. I don't care if it was offense or defense. They were seeking him out. They were hugging him. I mean, it's like they were just pumped for him to be, yeah. you know, get that chance. And you know, they introduced him as a senior this year because I've heard he's going to go play baseball somewhere next year. And because you know, football just didn't go the way he thought it would when he came here. And maybe with one coach the whole time, who knows? Maybe he's got a stellar career, but it just it just didn't he, work out. So for him to get that again, awesome. Working on campus, I I get to know a few of the players, you know, here and there. Mm. Not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. See him around and whatnot. <clears throat> but Vika's one of those like truly nice kids. Again, don't know him personally, but he's at the gym, the the rec center a lot, working out, playing basketball, and he is just truly nice genuine and i can see why all of the teammates are super excited for him because you couldn't probably have a better guy a better team player i mean i was excited for him and i don't even know the dude but i'm like he's so nice like he's a a fun dude he's always happy when you see him at the rec center like he's always smiling and um yeah yeah that was one of my favorite moments of the game for sure i have some late breaking news Oh. There was another record that was broken in the game, just tweeted by UM Football what eight minutes game? ago. Malik Flowers' total kick return yards of 877 surpasses Jabin Sir- Sam Brano's. Wow. Malik now holds a single season record for kick return yards. Man, somebody... And nobody fucking, no one kicked to him no, for quite a while. Yeah. Sorry, is it hour two? Damn. That is impressive. <laughs> so, yeah. You know? No one kicks to him. I just I hope people appreciate the team we're watching because I think that everybody, and rightfully so, thinks that Bobby's going to build better and better teams. But you know what? These guys are putting up some special things. You got to like that. Yeah. So there you go. I just um, pulled up Twitter and there it was. Bingham was another one that I – he had some clutch catches. Yep. I was happy for him. Senior, you know, and, and that's played like, in a couple different systems that didn't maybe highlight his skills. Could have been a completely different guy. I was happy for him. And regardless of the way the next – stretch of games goes presumably last 
game for these seniors in Washington Grizzly, Most barring likely. a Weber win and a Northern Iowa win. Which right, so or a Grizz win against Weber, right, and then a Northern Iowa win. So the odds are pretty low, especially on the UNI side. So um, great to send the seniors out, get them get them back in Washington Grizzly, and then to have a game like that, like just everybody gets in and everyone gets to do stuff. And yeah, I saw. Uh, Isai Longoria tweeted out a picture. It looks like he got some reps on the O-line. I mean, that's it was so cool that so many guys got to be a part of a 73-point <laughs> game in such a huge margin. It was a fun day. It was a real fun day. Yep. I mean, it's furthest the Grizz have been since um, 2011, 11, which the Missoulian doesn't even acknowledge. Go Grizz acknowledges it and says it was vacated. I was there. Um, yeah, someone uh, first ten win season since 2013. I mean, the, appreciate the year. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about this last week after talking about the cat game and all that stuff. That it's like, and how impressed I was with their atmosphere and stuff like that. And it's, I think part of it is they've been bad for so long, and they've had to fight and crawl for it. And even if they, even in the years where they were good, did you guys know that this is the furthest the cats have advanced? in the playoffs since they won their national championship in 1984. Wow. So this is the, in my lifetime, this is the farthest the Cats have advanced in the playoffs. <laughs> the, yeah. That's so the like, best team they've ever had. And here we are with like, Wait. here we are too. And it's like, even some of the fans, it's, I think that it takes experiencing a decade like we've experienced to remember that this can be a lot of fun, even if you don't win the national championship at the end and appreciate what's going on. So I like it. Yep. Seems like as good a point of any is to end that, uh, end that, in that, in that game recap, right? It was a great day. It was a great day. Should we quickly talk about the rest of the big sky? Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. Well, I mean, there were, there were three other big sky games. (laughs) There were, that is true. Um, true. Obviously I think all our listeners know what happened in all of them. Cats, easy game against Albany. Albany, however you say it. I don't care. Um, I have no observations of that game, except that I hope that the guy on the Albany team who doesn't believe in dinosaurs enjoyed the Museum of the Rockies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, my God. Weber. um, I thought Kennesaw might get Weber for a while there. And then looking at the how the game played out, it's like Kennesaw could have beat him. Weber gave him a chance. Uh, Kennesaw scored to get it within six, and Jake Constantine, the very next play, throws a pick. But Kennesaw couldn't cross midfield after that. Weber's defense locked down in the second half. And Kennesaw, where Kennesaw was getting it done in the first, they really didn't in the second. And in fact, their offense led to a scoop and score touchdown on a kind of a botched pitch, and so it. Uh, yeah, Kennesaw kind of shot themselves in the foot in that. Yep. So Weber, Weber pulls away, and good for them. Yeah, good for the Big Sky. Good for the Big good Sky. Good for the Big Sky. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Good Guarantees point. we will have a Big Sky team in the semifinals. In the semifinals. Yep. I mean, realistically, we should have two, but we'll we talk should. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Sack. Holy crap! You want to talk uh-huh. about not pulling their weight? Now, I want to give credit right off the bat here to Nick Tabor, who's an active Grizz Twitter guy, and he is the brother of Eric Tabor, the SID. He quoted a tweet from his from October, and he said, this SAC team has tearing up the big sky and losing in the second round of the playoffs written all over them. Tweeted it, it, tweeted it back in October. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It. And he was right. Nailed it. 
I mean, they didn't. They were down twenty-one nothing before they even knew what was going on. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, you know, I looked into the game. I didn't watch it. Me neither. Obviously, but um, they didn't score till the second half. They didn't. They didn't make any turnover, or they didn't like give up any turnovers either. Like they just could not move the ball against Austin P. You know, and it's it, it, interesting. A couple of things. I think Kevin Thompson just hasn't been the same since he came back from his injury. No, you, just, you look at his stats, and it just has not been the same. But the other thing, and we talked about this a little bit as we were coming off of the Sac State game, and I think I said it, and I think you guys said it too, and I'll agree with it. It's like Sac could not play at that pace for a season. Like that, it just that you don't play that well without other teams kind of figuring you out a little bit, and mm-hmm. I think maybe which is a good sign for for us. Maybe there are some blueprints to beat Sack next year. Next year, because <laughs> you know what, the Grizz are in the top eight and Sack's not. And they're not playing football. Anymore. So Montana State plays Austin P this week, Friday, eight p.m. ESPN three. Um, it's interesting to me. So there are three Friday night games and one Saturday game. Yeah. And the, the JMU Northern Iowa starts at seven, seven Eastern. So five mountain. And that's on ESPN two, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And then the cats start at six mountain, but they're only on ESPN three. So they're a night game on Friday, but they're not on national television. Streaming. Yep. Uh, Side note. If the Grizz had been hosting, we would have been on national television. Definitely. Um, (laughs) then Weber in Montana starts at 8 Mountain Time and it's on ESPN2. Yep. So I can only assume, and Luke, you kind of talked about this in a tweet or a thread, text thread with Brent and I. The Cats have graduation on Saturday. So I kind of wonder if the school wasn't like, please play this game on Friday night. It's possible. Because you know who else has graduation Saturday? <laughs> Montana. You am. <laughs> we also had a craft fair this last weekend. <laughs> I don't think we were planning on playing think, December football. I was going to say, we got to get Missoula back in the habit of assuming that there might be football <laughs> games on Saturdays in December. Are you guys pulling for Montana State? I, I, I mean, no. I don't, I'm not. No. No. Mike is, but no. I'm, I'm not. not, but it's like if they lose, that's such an embarrassment to the big sky. I mean... Austin P isn't even ranked, are they? Yeah, I don't think so. Nope. So it's like you got to take care of business, you know. I'm hoping they win. One, Montana kids on that yep, team. Yep, absolutely. Two, still keeps the hope alive that we get a that rematch. It's more a rematch than you thought. <laughs> Three, I think this is the worst NDSU team we've seen. Now, granted, they're still really good, really good, but they're the worst recent. NDSU team and I think the cats I can say this with clear eyes um I think they're super tough in the trenches and they might be able to out punch NDSU in the trenches and that might be that might be interesting um now I hope they lose in the national championship (laughs) game no matter who they see but part of me thinks it'd be cool to see the cats win and the grizz win because then it's like there are four teams left, and two of them are from, from Montana. Montana. That'd be so pretty that's a hundred plus Montana high school football players of the four of best the, teams. Of in the, the four best teams yeah. in the country. I mean, like that to me would be really cool. All right, all right, fine. You're I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to pull for them, but if they want, I can make a lot of positives out of it. How's that? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know much about Austin P except that they have a decent offense because Sack's defense was good. It's like Sack just didn't know how to deal with success. <laughs> Austin P's playing hot. Awesome. You, know, you got some hot P. Credit to Brent. Hot P. <laughs> Let's go, P. Who didn't pick them, but acknowledged that he said they could be... There was a team. If there was a team that could maybe pull an out-of-nowhere upset last week, it could be them. Well, so uh, Austin Pease got a quarterback that's passed for 3,000 yards and ran for 730 so far. So they're they're kind of this... You know, another one of these teams where you've got the, the QB that's the dual threat... Uh, he's got 27 touchdowns through the air. He's got uh, he's got nine on the ground. They've got a receiver that's just f- right there with Samori. He's got 1,450 yards and 14 touchdowns. So uh, they're they're a team that looks statistically very much like some of the, a lot of the other teams we've seen. So it's uh, yeah, they're 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 an interesting team. Yeah, scoring a lot of points per game and. I think one of the things about them, like, wasn't it, was it like defensively? They're actually a little bit more surprisingly good than I think a lot of people thought they were. But they're coming out of the, what is it, the, is it the Ohio Valley Conference? Yeah, that's OVC. right. Yeah, so I don't even know who the hell's in the OVC. Austin P. Austin, besides Austin P. Jeez, Brandon, I don't pay attention. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> Murray State, UT Martin, Eastern okay. Kentucky, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State. Semo. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Austin P has now won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row. Sac State had a mean defense, mm-hmm. and Austin P had a guy run for one sixty four against him. Was it QB? Javon Craig. Yeah, and then they had Benico Harley run for another. 57 Kente Williams ran for another 56 I mean, they put up almost 300 yards on the ground against him I mean so far Austin P has scored 42 points in both of their playoff games Oof. you look at their point score over the last over the stretch 58 28 38 42 I, I think the cats are gonna win I, was gonna say, I think I the cats I, I think, think the cats are gonna win I think and there's a the travel factor like, but it's like back and forth and back yeah. and forth and a short week it's like I don't think you can say Austin P went and upset Sacramento, who has higher seeded and doesn't have a chance against Montana State. Like, I don't buy that, but I just think yeah. it's a tougher environment to win in in December, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, the other, the non Big Sky playoff games, you and I and JMU. I mean, as much as I think we would love to say Northern Iowa has a chance, I just don't think they have the offense to keep up with JMU. Man, they're yeah, their offense. Oh. What was that final score? Ten to seven or something? something like that. I, yeah. Yeah. I just they're. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think they could score score in a brothel. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure they're getting in the end zone against GMU. Fair. Um, and then North Dakota State plays. Uh, <laughs> Brent's having a fancy no. football moment over I, here. I think. Oh. Oh my God. You get the end zone alerts, and you thought it was an actual score, right? No, no, I lost by one tenth of a point. <laughs> we could get a scat. We could get a stat correction. You never know. Hold out. I'm not sad that Brent lost by one tenth of a point. Oh my god! So I was I needed, actively rooting against. So Brent. I said I, I needed Zach. 
No one cares. But I needed <laughs> I needed Zach Ertz to score two touchdowns. Like I said that, right? Yep. He scored two touchdowns. He scored in to force to tie it, and he scored to win an OT, and I lost by you a just tenth need of a point. One more yard. One tenth of a point. <laughs> That's a rough. That's a rough <laughs> score. Oh, lanky Dylan Tanell. Oh. <laughs> by the skin of his teeth. Skin of his teeth. Um, who does um, North Dakota State play this week? They play um, Illinois State. Yeah, who upset, um, shouldn't have been a seed, Central Arkansas. Upset, air quotes. So that's a Missouri Valley Conference um, uh, quarterfinal as well. I I imagine North Dakota State will roll them. Yeah, and wasn't Illinois State is missing a guy or two, like a quarterback or something? Yeah, something like that. All right, let's... um, Ooh, North Dakota State beat Illinois State thirty-seven to three on when October tenth. Had their dudes. Yikes! Yeah. So, well, here's a nice time to drop an interesting stat. Oh, um, Bobby Houck today at QB Club was asked if he'd ever played the same team twice. Now, my first thought was, "You are not a very astute Grizz fan," because I can think of at least two times at UM where this happened. Three. Um, three. But he pointed out that it's happened five times in his career. And the team that won the first game has never won the second game. He's been on the winning side and the losing side. Five times, it's always ended in a split. Maybe Illinois State can beat North Dakota State. What's that mean for us? We'll talk a little bit. (laughs) Before we jump into Grizz Weber. Hashtag Mike was wrong. Hashtag whatever. um, Luke, you're picking the cats. Yep. Brent? I'll go Cats. I think yeah. the Cats. I mean, are. I'm picking the Cats. I just yeah. don't think that Austin P. for all the reasons you mentioned, I just. Yeah. I, I think maybe they can give him a little bit of a game, but I think that traveling across the country twice in two weeks, short week, the Cats are going to run him to death in the second half. Yeah. Cats, six and a half point favorites in the yeah. game. And yeah. I, I think the Cats are going to win by two touchdowns. Anyway. Yep. Um, before we jump into Grizz. Let's talk about Bo Baldwin for a second. <laughs> this is some saucy news. So it's not, he hasn't. Bo Baldwin, former coach of Eastern, Eastern Washington, Washington. National championship winning Bo Baldwin. Currently offensive coordinator and assistant head coach at Cal, Bo Baldwin. Apparently, according to footballscoop.com. And Craig in, Haley. And Craig Haley in final negotiations to be the Cal Poly Mustangs football coach. Listen, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I like the options going away. Um, hey, we open with Cal Poly next year uh, here, on our conference play. Here's the, I think he's a good coach. Here or there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not breaking any news saying he's a good coach. Yeah. And now he's got this fertile recruiting bed of California to draw from. This is probably good for the big sky to have another – competitive team but i mean i'll tell you recruiting at eastern washington and recruiting at cal poly are two entirely different we we get poly here for homecoming yeah i mean i'm not worried about cal poly next year but what it's just cal poly in three years cal poly in three years but like it feels like for the first (sighs) time since they've been in the big site conference those three california schools could actually become a force of their own. Troy Taylor, Dan Hawkins, Bo Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, that's the most legitimate coaching three. Well, any one of those guys would be the most legitimate coaches any of them have had. So all mm-hmm. three of them, like. Yeah, that's it, a power move. Yeah. I think it's time we kick California schools out of the conference. That sounds great. Yep. Yeah. 
California is breaking off into the ocean sometime soon, right? <laughs> I don't uh, want that to happen. I was going to say, let's just, this is, we're dangerous territory. I got a Disneyland trip coming up, so let's on. just. As, will we get another rock movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bo Baldwin, I mean, that presumably option offense is going to go away. Presumably. I would think. Bo Baldwin's not coming back to this level to run around the option. Yeah. They must have thrown if if it's getting finalized. They must have thrown some serious bucks at him. Of course, there's the speculation. He was a little bit on the hot seat at Cal, if I remember correctly. But it seems like you don't He's go a, from being assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and running backs coach at Cal to not having a job. I mean, he was making like you might get demoted. He's making like eight hundred thousand there. I mean, Cal Poly's not gonna be like, hey, here's he's probably not even gonna get. Five hundred, maybe. Yeah, I bet it's know. four. I mean, I mean, cost Hawkins, of living in Hawkins San Luis is higher paid than than our coaches. But anyway, Petrino. I mean, it's not like he's set Cal Cal's offense on fire. No, they like have, they're yeah. known to be a defensive team. This is not what the Cal fans like. No, no. You know, the fight in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Well, let's jump into Weber State. Because no other coaching hires, North Northern Colorado is still vacant, and um, um, is there another vacancy besides those two? No, not currently. Northern Colorado is still vacant. Okay, so you guys are going. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, we are. We're still holding out hope that you can tweak some things. I understand work <sighs> happens; it's fine. I've got an immovable work conflict at the moment. I will tell you guys that I was appointed to a task force to discuss development in Missoula by the mayor. And our first meeting is Friday at 10. So I got to email them later and say, I've got work business in Ogden, Utah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your excuse? (laughs) Listen, Mike, I can't go into it, but I, as it stands, like I cannot go, but I am so jealous of you guys. We've made this trip before. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun going down. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a good trip. Um, we did, oh, yeah. We did Brazilian. Uh, uh, oh, man. Yeah, we went to Salt Lake and had that Brazilian steakhouse. Way too much. Ooh. It's rough. I mean, and then two of our guys got ejected for targeting in that game when we lost. Remember, Crash got that awful concussion. Luke, you lost your sideline pass. I lost my <laughs> sideline pass. So we're hoping for uh, a little bit better game outcome this yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Got our tickets, all fourteen dollars per ticket. Shut up! That's what they cost. You owe me fourteen bucks if you can't go. <laughs> I think I can swing fourteen bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna. We've got a tentative plan here. We're gonna hit the road early Friday. We're gonna do a little tailgate action in the parking lot. Try and find other Grizz fans. We did last time. Yeah. We it was we much found more pleasant day. Dallas Hart's parents were <laughs> yes. eager beer drinkers with us. Oh yeah, I forgot about and Reggie, that. And Reggie Tillman's uh, dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they're like spoiler alert. <laughs> the heart of Utah is not a big tailgate scene. Uh, no. yes, it's not. <laughs> Uh, I was talking to some Grizzly Athletics guys tonight, and they weren't sure if you're even actually allowed to have alcohol on campus. So fascinating. I well, guess we'll just unofficially do it. There was that parking lot across the highway. Yeah, on the other side. On, on the other side, side, maybe that's where you set up shop. We were we were walking around in that parking lot, yeah. having drinks. No one stopped us there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a look the other way type deal. We'll just have to see. We go there and we get. 
friggin' arrested well, I was gonna say, game. If you drink on the other side of the highway, the sheriff's going to be there. <laughs> wouldn't that be funny? Get, that wouldn't be that funny. No, I mean, it would be funny, haha, but also, like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> we have to appear in Ogden Court on or before January 10th. Our open container citations. Um, yeah, hitting the road. We're going to stay there Friday night. I'm kind of excited to see Stewart Stadium. Since we've been there, they're building that new They got the thing that they're putting that. The yeah. Because Weber's building the big new um, football complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, capacity is 17,312. And there was 5,000 there last week. We've been told there's not a chance that it will sell out. My hope is that the Grizz fan ratio is is like one third. Yeah, because we'd be loud and proud. Yeah, I I think if the tickets are fourteen dollars, or that's fourteen dollars in some sites, other parts it's twelve or it's ten on their website. Um, you would think. I I mean I would expect three thousand plus Grizz fans there, wouldn't you think? I would think. I mean, it sounds like from talking to people around town that there's a lot of people going. I know. I've had a handful of people on Twitter get at me today talking about their going. So um, I think we're going to have a good turnout. The fall commencement for Weber State is Saturday. So I actually think this might be a good opportunity for their student section to show up. Uh, Or, or. Or they've all finished. Or are they finished in home? They've finished midweek. You know, a lot of people finish, wrap up Wednesday, Thursday. They bounce. Yep. Yeah, you don't hang out, right? If your last final's Wednesday, are you going to be like, oh, I got a game on Saturday? I would have. Yeah, I probably would have. Well, I, I grew up in the town. But you, just, you, you, <laughs> you don't get the ancillary students, though, right? Yeah, like, yeah. The hardcore guys. Do I think you, a lot should of people, tweet yeah. it at Weber Athletics to see if we can tailgate before the game. Yep. Ooh, that no, no, that's that's like a call the cops. That's thing. asking that's, for trouble. All right, uh, let's let's set up a burner account. Hey, Grizz fan pod listeners, will one of you figure this out for us and let us know, please? Thank you. I really, yeah. All right, well, game on. Weber two We played it. It'll be four weeks, uh, a day less than four weeks apart from when we saw them the time before. All right, so. Not much has changed. I updated my big scouting report on Egris. No major revelations of big changes or anything. I, but I'll tell you what's changed. The, Jake Constantine's passing the ball all of a sudden a little bit. Oh, but who what cares? A, yeah, who cares? Dalton Sneed is much healthier. Sneed's healthier than he was in the Weber game. Are now. The, are the Weber players down any starters that we know of? I think that kick returner's still out. The Rasheen Shahid. Everybody else has been back that got hurt. But yeah, and then you had uh, their their what's their main running back name? I gotta get this up in front of me here. Um, um, the sophomore Dave, Dave. I want to say Davis, but that's not right. I should have had this up in front of me. But uh, yeah, Josh Davis. Josh Davis. He um, he had some, he had like forty yards against Kennesaw. Now Kennesaw traditionally, well, traditionally recently has had a pretty good defense. That was kind of what they started to really build their name on. But, uh, but yeah, so not much on the ground in this game they had. Jake Constantine, I think, passed for 240, 250 in the, against hapless Idaho State two weeks before he passed for 290. So he definitely had a little bit. He's 
since our game, he's been uh, thrown a little bit better. Um, it seems like a couple of the, their other uh, well, one of those receivers as well. State, yeah, so I, that's tough to say. I don't say. Yeah. Both the receivers, of course, you got your QB actually thrown for some yards. Both the receivers, they're main guys that we'll see. And I think one of them had a pretty big game against us. Had, you have a couple, the two kind of time, time McPherson, McPherson had yeah. 60 plus yards. Yeah. So, um, what I remember yeah. is that we were able to run the ball effectively against Weber. Yeah, we. I, I thought Knight well, had eight eighty yards at over five and a half yeah. yards of rush. Most of our because t- our touchdowns were a couple of big strikes to Toure, a couple of slant and go, right? Yeah, and Knight had had two Knight of his had own. A couple. Yep. You wouldn't say we dominated. We were we, he was able to move the ball, but we didn't we didn't dominate in the run game. But I mean, at one point it was thirty five to three. Yeah, they're going to argue that their their long snapper is not going to give us two touchdowns. Their which, fans already are saying that. I mean, yeah. I don't. I I guess what I would say is. We know that we can out-physical them. Mm-hmm. Sneed's healthier than he was last time. Yep. And the the wild card in this game is if they can stop our offense. Because their offense is not that good. Right. They'll score some points on us, but they're not going to score 30. That'll be the fascinating thing. Because I think the last time we played them, they were most definitely surprised at how physical and how punishing this Grizz team is. They did not expect that. Like, we completely surprised them with that. They now know. And so, will they be able to react to it and play within it? Or will it be more of the same where Jake Constantine or Davis or any of these other guys, um, you get buried under a few hard hits and it's like, oh, man, here we go again. This is happening again. And you just fold it in. So, an interesting layer of sports psychology, right? Like, what's going to happen? So I think what's likely a possibility, I don't know if it's likely is the right word, but they got out physical last time, Mm -hmm. so their guys are going to have a chip on their shoulder. And I think that plays into our guys' hands, Mm. where you might be able to get them to be trying to be too tough Mm. and make some penalties or some mistakes that they wouldn't otherwise make. Luke, anything? Any thoughts there? Or are you just out there? Uh... No, I, I think that it plays. It actually doesn't hurt us that this game is on a Friday. I don't think. I think that given the the opponent, we get a large break and that we don't have to scout a full season. Yeah, we know what to Good expect point. from them. I don't think they're going to pull any novel things against us. Um, you know, it's always nice to have an extra day to recover because football is a violent physical sport but the tail of the tape is that i think we're a tougher team i think we're a more physical tougher team i think we beat them up and that's going to work to our advantage that this is actually you know a a day sooner so i i think i agree with your points mike Mm -hmm. and i just like to add that um it might help us a little bit this is on friday night yeah, I, I like it's a it's a quick flight, so it's not like a long ah, travel schedule. It's so easy. It's easy. So it's it's like this. Like we talked about Austin P. Like they go all the way home back east, and then they come all the way back out. Us, it's like I think we're going out Thursday night, and it's a quick hour, and boom, you're there. So um, <clears throat> I like a lot of the the factor of that. The travel will be easy. They're on a short week, just like us. So it, it's not like it's not like we had to. 
they played Friday and we played Saturday. So they got a full week and we got a short week. So we're both in the same boat, effectively. There'll be a lot of factors that won't matter. Weather, it's looking like mixed rain and snow. Move to snow by the time of kick. 50% or less chance going into the evening and mid-20s. We both play it. Both our teams play in that all the time, at least at this time of year. So this, again, won't be another thing. It'll be this big. We're not going like we had. I remember late 90s when we'd always have to go down and play at McNeese State or something like that, and it's December, and you're having to play in 80 degrees in humidity. Like, we're not doing that now. So there's a lot of level playing fields here. This was our first game without Sammy Akim. Because he went out in the oh, Idaho the last State one. game. Right. Yep. This is yes. the first Weber State game. Yep. He went in the Idaho game, not the Idaho State game. Or, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Yes. So Sammy goes out November 9th against Idaho. And this November 16th game against Weber State is the first game we had without Sammy. I think we're better now. I think we know how to work with Roberts, McKim, Louis McGee, Knight. Yeah. Like I would say Roberts, he's, a, he's definitely stepped up in a way that he wasn't then. So it's like, we talk about some wild cards of, you know, there's probably some stuff on film that they need to pay more attention than we do because Roberts has stepped up and we're using a couple other guys. So Yeah, I was thinking they're going to they're gonna say, yeah, you know, Samari isn't going to catch two slants and go to the house. And it's like, well, that's fine. Take those away. But, you know, Roberts might do some things you guys didn't see the first time because this was his first start. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I, it seems pretty. The end zone is that one of them? Which <laughs> 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 yeah. phone just predicted Roberts is going to score how many? Two touchdowns? I think that was two she touchdowns. Said a few. A few. So we'll take yeah. that. All right. Fourteen. So, Fourteen points for Roberts. All right. Yeah, it, I have <laughs> almost less anxiety going into this game than I did last week. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. Because first of all, I think we're going to kick their ass. Ooh. Just get that out there. Second of all, second of all, I am so happy with this season that who at this point this is gravy. Let's just let's just keep on playing. This is gravy on stuffing. Delicious, wonderful stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> I completely destroyed you guys on that. Let's be honest. <laughs> Very few people agreed with you two. You know what, Mike? Some people like blood sausage. People are idiots. All right? (laughs) Okay, well. Now hates the entire Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The O'Driscolls over here. (laughs) Playing Red Dead Redemption. Mike Mike roots for the O'Driscolls. O'Driscoll. O'Driscoll, boys. You know what? There's plenty of Nugents in Ireland, too. We're good. We're good all the way around. I think I still have a magnet of yours from the with the Nugent family crest. Good. I hope that that's in some place important. I think house. it's on my refrigerator. All right. Good. Yeah. It's traveled with you from home to home. It's because we don't have a family crest, Mike. So I'm inheriting yours. <laughs> well, welcome. Welcome. Um I just, I don't know what it is. And it's like, maybe this is going to be stupid confidence, but it's like, I think, and, and Weber's not going to agree, but I think we got Weber's best shot. Like, maybe the running game can produce more. Like, yeah. that's a factor yeah. that I think 
that's a real thing. But Constantine is not good. No. I I think he's the worst QB we've faced all year. Yeah. Fair. I mean, maybe Rovig, but they didn't really need to use Rovig, so yeah. we really can't determine that. That's a good point, yes. I'm trying to remember who the quarterback was for South Dakota. He was good. I mean, the argument might be he the Iowa State guy. But now I'm just quibbling, and yeah. there's no need to quibble. So it's just I just don't think that that offense that we saw last week, and granted, Weber has a significantly better defense, but it's like that offense with those weapons, pick your poison on who you're going to guard – we, we expose that their past defense, their secondary's got some vulnerability to it, and Sneed is mobile. Maybe not mobile all the way, but more mobile more than mobile. he was a month ago. And, and more, yes. That's that's a good point. Sneed is as healthy as he's been in a month, um, and he's super confident right now. I think this team really impressed me last week with their resilience. Um, it wasn't a slam dunk that they were going to come off that devastating MSU game right? Uh, in the right headspace to play. But as we saw, they hung a 73 burger in the playoffs. So <laughs> I think we know that they're not only physically tough, but mentally tough. I don't see them getting pushed around. See, I, I think the, the Grizz are so completely playing with house money. I mean, all the pressure is on Weber. If the Grizz lose on the road at Weber... This is a successful season. This is something to build on. Do you think literally? That, I mean, if Weber loses to the Grizz, it's you're not as good as you you all believe you are. This is the second year in a row you've been upset at home in the playoffs. You guys are soft. You didn't make the next step. I mean, Weber is this somehow? Has the pressure. Even though the Grizz beat Weber the first time, is this a nobody believes in us game because we got spanked at MSU? <laughs> Back to the, the way wall. I'd play it. <laughs> but I just, I honestly think, I think the fact that we spanked them last time makes Weber tighter. Like they want it so bad, they want to prove it so bad. Their coach all but said that this is, this is who we want from the day the playoffs were seeded. Yeah, you know. I think pressure's on them. <clears throat> Ooh, you got me excited now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to calm down, because last time this happened, it didn't work out too well. So. It was in re- reverse. <laughs> yeah, I was. it was funny. I did a, I did a playoff bracket, and I picked, I picked the Grizz to beat Southeastern Louisiana and lose to Weber. And I was basing it, at that point, largely on the body of work that I saw. The most recent thing was the cat game. Hashtag why Brent's wrong. <laughs> And in my scouting report, I'm still I'm still on the fence. Man, I I I think this game is gonna be a lot more tight. I don't. Weber is I really doubt going to just hand us 14 points to open the game. I agree. We're and, gonna get them. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Roberts oh is gonna score those touchdowns. Yeah, we just established that. <laughs> okay, so Roberts will have us on 14 nothing. It's not gonna be Weber. It'll be Roberts. I think it's going to be close. Of course, it's funny. We haven't had a close game this year. There's been no close games. Nope. Not a single one. Our closest margin was 14 points. But I think that's a little bit of a misleading stat in the sense There's that... There's something we pull away. They've they've come back in the second half on teams several times. They have. They and have. then just put them away. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to do this. I, I, I believe that... I, I think this one will be a close game. I think that I think that 
It will be tighter. It will be closer. It will be lower scoring. This is going to be something where – but I think this Montana team, they just have something about them. And that cat can't they, – they hit weird stretches, but I think they've got enough going on with their leadership and with their coaches and their preparation and what they're doing. I feel like they're going to win this, and I think it's going to be – Late. I think it's going to be late fourth quarter. I think it's going to be a tight one. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it is going to be all the way down. I think you're going to have factors with emotions, with physical play, with weather, with familiarity between the two. But this is going to be something where these two teams are going to probably not score a whole lot of points for a while. And it might be the team that makes the least amount of mistakes. And so who makes the – and I think we know that – I mean – Weber has a larger turnover margin, but right now Weber has been trending down in their turnover margin where Montana has been trending up. So we've been getting better at it. They've been getting worse. And I just, if it's like, if this is a game where someone has to go do something in the end, is it going to be Dalton Sneed or is it going to be Jake Constantine? It's going to be Dalton Sneed. And also the Grizz are a, have been a second-half team. We Absolutely. finished strong. We we did it. We did so again. southeastern Louisiana. Currently, we're 116 points versus 54 points in the fourth quarter. If it comes down to a fourth quarter tie, I gotta believe we're gonna win that. I just also think it's like Weber's a traditional offense. They don't have anything special. They'll fake punt on you a couple times. They'll do some razzle dazzle things. Yeah, but they it's do. Like, yeah, they don't play into our weaknesses. I we- think the Weber is just a good matchup. Weber had a pretty wild fake punt. In their Kennesaw game, where the it was ballsy. That was the game. <laughs> that was the game. Crazy. It was like on Weber's thirty-eight. And they yeah. fake punted. But yeah, but like Kennesaw was winning but, like seventeen. But what we, Weber does, you talk about points. What Weber does is they do what a traditional grinded out team <clears throat> does. They score their points in the first half, and while they do score pretty well in the second half, they they get that lead and they just hold, 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 hold. And so, if we're down 21-3 at the half, it's probably time to feel nervous. But if it's if it's a touchdown game or Grizz are up, you, you've got to love where we're at in that game. But how many <laughs> game plans like that it's... with a bad offense in the history of f- modern football have we watched dominate in a regular season yeah. and get into the playoffs and not be able to compete? It's happened to Weber. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? It's like define Marty Schottenheimer's career. It's, you know this Jay Hill's postseason. Yeah. I mean, that's Jay. That's the way Jay Hill's postseason. Jay Hill too. ball. We talk about Bobby ball and <laughs> Hill ball. Hill ball. Yeah, and, and you gotta like being a fan of the team that is that puts more pressure offensively on the other team, right? Like, I I, I see Dalton Sneed as someone who's going to keep his foot on the gas pedal. I think this coaching staff keeps their foot on the gas pedal. I would rather be a team that keeps their foot on the gas pedal than the team that's just sort of playing keep away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, is there is weather going to be a factor in any significant way? Or is it just going to be a cold? It's going to be uh, Mountain West night, twenties and mix. It's it's going to rain a little bit in the day and snow. So I don't know, but we're not looking at any like catastrophic blizzards or anything. No. Okay. No. Yeah. No. It's going to rain a bunch the day before. Okay, well, I think I'm ready to pick a score. What you got? I think I have Grizz 
31, Weber 24. With three Roberts touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Roberts has 304 yards and three <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> Coming for you. Moss, you're third now. You're third. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the girls are going to win. And I, I, I don't think it's going to be as close as people think. We are – so preempting one of the questions that we have that we're going to hop into next – Someone pointed out the Grizz were on a roll when we stomped Idaho State. But then we had to take a week off. And that kind of momentum kind of fizzled out. And then we went to Sacramento Sneed and laid that out. Sneed and the got season hurt. changed. And the season changed. Sneed's we, – we didn't talk about this, but Sneed's Walter Payton award hopes vanished because – you look at the Walter Payton finalists. If Sneed would have just continued on the not got hurt, continue on the tra- trajectory he's on, that dude would be the shoe in Walter Payton winner. Not and even it's like close. Been healthy yeah. this last week, it's like he could have done it. God, could have done it. But so, but yeah, but it's like so. Now we've got the big win, and we're just rolling. Like we're still going. Yeah. Like it, it's there. We're gonna build on this. We're gonna keep going. I like it. I like it. Do you have a score? <sighs> what did you say in your write-up? I didn't. You didn't. I'm still on the fence. I wrote. I did the write-up on Sunday. Yeah, I hedged. Ah, you Nugent. You Nugented. <laughs> hey, I'm out there. Okay, I'm gonna say. I think it's gonna be lower. I think it's gonna be like Grizz 27, Weaver 17. Grizz by 10. All right. I'll take it. In that kind of game, I think Knight has. 140 yards. Yeah, Knight has like 140 yards and maybe touchdown or two, and is just like the workhorse. He's just beat to shit, but like 35 touches. They're like Knight, Knight, and Osmo share 30 plus touches. Where we run the ball 35 times for our running backs? If we're up 10 points going third, fourth against Weber, yeah, because it's going to be like we're gonna we're gonna melt five to six minutes off, and we're gonna punt it back to you and put you on the five. And say and, Jake Constantine and throw say, the ball. Okay, Jake, show us what you got. And then they they throw they get a couple of junk first downs on some hitches, and then it tightens up, and they can't do much more, and got to kick it away. Or like Southeastern Louisiana have three turnovers on downs, you just just bottle themselves up. Bobby just wins field possession game until we're starting at our own, you know, or at yeah, our own forty five. <laughs> <laughs> They're having to punt from their end zone. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I'm pumped. That's all I know. Yeah. I'm excited. <sighs> Anything else on this game? I can't wait to be there. I wish it was Friday. Hey, why don't you Thursday roll, while Luke's wrapping up, Brent, why don't you pull up Twitter and we'll start there with the listener questions. I just think, how special is this team? We have some fantastic players. It's Bobby's second year back. and Appreciate it. No matter what happens this weekend... I'm super stoked, um, one, for the seniors, like Mike said, but two, for our young guys who are being seasoned as we speak. You know, you think about how you build a dynasty, and it's getting relevant playoff moments and playoff downs year in and year out. Yep. And when we face deep playoff runs in future years, we're going to have a set of kids on our team that have been there before. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, we need to play on the road deep in the playoffs. We've done this before. I remember I was there and, um, 
I just, oh, I'm just so jacked about Grizz football right now. <laughs> it's fun. It's such a fun time. Like I wish I could show my support in some other way. I'm like, I might, might just go buy another T-shirt from the bookstore. I don't yes. know. I'm just jacked guys, about this. Look at my new T-shirt. What do you think? I'm like what? What? <laughs> All right, what's our first question, bro? Okay, so first question. Mike, I assume you got, uh, you got the old Egris thread up there? You want me to fire through the Twitter ones first? Yep. Okay. Please do that. So... Well, I actually want to add something Ooh. real quick to what Hop in. just said. I'm surprised nobody asked a question about this, but on your point about gaining experience, the, these Grizz freshmen have three extra weeks of practice. And that's something where you've heard people talk about, like, that makes a huge difference. Because it's mm-hmm. like, by this point, these guys know what's going on, and the practice reps mean more. So, I like it. Yeah. Let's start the questions. Boom. Okay. Uh, first question, Clixby, Mr. Grizz fan 24. Uh, let's see. It says, Weber State has options to right wrongs defensively. One, play softer to prevent Toure from getting behind the secondary. Or, two, bring more pressure. So Weber prides themselves in being in the base. Um, so what do we feel? Will they go softer or will they blitz more? I guess I might think they might blitz more just because we've seen when teams disrupt our offensive line, that's where we really struggle. Yeah. But that's the thing with a team like Weber. It's like you take them too much out of their wheelhouse, then all of a sudden they're doing stuff that they're not used to doing. Do we have some screens in our arsenal? Are we going to prep for that? Because these coaches have to know they're going to do something different than they did last time. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think they blitz more. I think the, I think it's easier to bring more heat, you know, than just saying we're going to cover all Back these. Back it off. Yep. They're a young secondary. I think that's something that you, you forget as well, too, with Weaver, is that they're younger and a little less experienced than their secondary. So backing them off might not be this amazing solution. It didn't work for southeastern Louisiana. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> they backed off on Samoritore, and he just ran past him. So it didn't really help. I don't think backing him off is a good idea. I mean, look what he does in space. Yeah. It's like you, you allow him to catch that ball, and then there's like a 20 25% chance he's going to beat your guy, and you don't want those odds. Yeah. Like, and uh, interesting side note, this is a defensive battle between the co-defensive champions – of the con- defensive MVPs of the conference. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. So, yeah. Uh, Gr- Clixby also asked us, how does Mike right his wrong from his pick last week? I don't know what you're talking about, Clixby. Shared some. Hashtag here's, why Mike is wrong. Here's how I write my wrong. We, that, that, I had to pick that or it wouldn't have worked out. There are superstitions involved. Second, I'm driving my ass to Ogden. <laughs> that's a good point. Yes, that's the right and wrong. Yes, done. Okay. Uh, okay, Johnny Metropolis, who I met. Yep, we introduced him at your tailgate. tailgate. Luke sent him there. Yeah, he, yeah. He's like, hey, guys, I texted Luke. He said you guys might be here. Luke sent him. Mike <laughs> introduced him. Good guy. Uh, what can we expect the Grizz to do against Weaver? So will they do the same against Weaver? Uh, what can we expect them to do differently? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit off Clixby. I think probably expect more pressure. Grizz differently. It seems to me, especially from that prior game, maybe this is just me here, but I think you just you need to have more of Knight, Roberts, and McGee in this because I think there's going to be a strong, strong focus on Toure. Uh, 
to a level of you know familiarity that southeastern Louisiana did not do. That's some of my guess. I think it'll be interesting to see if we do anything differently on defense. But it's like I think we've established at this point. I don't know what how much different we can do on defense because we don't have the depth on D line to switch out of a to a four four. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think like Brent said, we're gonna need Roberts to step up. I even think depending on um, you know, the previous question on whether they bring more heat, they drop back in the zone. I think this could be a good opportunity for Jerry Louis McGee to be impactful. Um, you know, having him catch the ball in space is something we haven't seen a lot. But I also think it's you know not not any fault of his own. I think teams acknowledge that he's you know the leading reception getter in Grizz history. Yeah, they pay him some respect, but you kind of have to pick your poison um, against this team. And if they leave Jerry open. Um, it, it's he's gonna have to step up to the plate. It's gonna be interesting, but I mean they're gonna have a, a plan for Ture that you gotta think means bracketing him. Yeah. It, I'm sorry, I I don't look at the question, so I'm sorry if I'm yeah, stepping on this. Fine. Do you think Ture bre- breaks Mark Mariani's record this? He only week needs like seventy seventy yards. yards. But will Weber take him away so much that he doesn't get seventy? I could see it. Hmm. It's a tough one. I think he breaks it. Because I think even if they take him away, he, he breaks something near the end. <laughs> He's so good at yards after the catch that I he think is. it happens. Yeah. Um, another thing, too, if you remember the first time, the, the game three weeks-ish ago, that was, if I remember correctly, that was the first game where the Grizz really put Nash and Calhoun on islands, and we stacked the box against their run, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... One might think Weber might be working in some stuff, some some double moves, try to get those receivers beyond the corners because I'm going to take a guess that Weber will be thinking, okay, they're going to come up here, they're going to put eight, nine, and ten yards off line of scrimmage here, that, and they're just going to look to stop everything in front of them that's coming at us in the run game. So if we can hit them with a double move, with a couple plays like that, then we can get these receivers in space and gone. So – a Weber adjustment and thus a Grizz counterpunch could be something where maybe we see that early. Weber does a quick little something and gets a quick score, and then Grizz defense has to adjust. I wonder if our changes are more personnel based. Mm. Like if we see a little more Fouch and maybe even some Corbin Walker, and just to just to uh, uh, change up the look a little yeah. bit. And I'm not saying like Nash and Calhoun are going to take by far the majority of those snaps. But I'm just saying, like, make them think that there's something different going on or try and bait them into doing something. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Luke Rounds. <laughs> More of an observation. Notice that uh, Moses Mallory got penalized for rub- doing his belly rub on a Bobcat defensive lineman and points out that it was totally worth it. So I agree. <laughs> I mean, if one penalty for all season ability rubs. Yep. I'm cool with that. Uh, Let's see. So John Thomas asks us that Sammy Akemp, by way of Twitter, was dropping plenty plenty of heavy hints that he might have returned. And so was that some smoke and mirrors by the team and Bobby? Or is this maybe something that he might be back soon? And could we see him on Friday? Well, a couple observations on that. It just seems too perfect to not be like a Bobby like <laughs> yeah. thing, but who knows? 
the week before Sneed suited up, he was on the sideline in crutches and a boot. And they like made a point of him being on the sidelines. Sammy Akem was on the sidelines on crutches and a boot. Yeah. You know, they made a point of it. So I don't know. I still think it's not likely. Everything I've heard is he's out. Yeah. yeah. We, you know, it's, we don't have any special knowledge about Sammy's health situation. Um, I refuse to psychoanalyze the Twitter profile of a college age man. I mean, for all of you guys who are formerly college age men, we are absolute dipshits. <laughs> like, I, for all I know, Sammy just missed football and was like, I don't know. I'm gonna hey, throw God, this out here. Love. Give I'm me feeling, some love. I'm feeling depressed. I've done more. Um, th- I've had more thirsty tweets in my life. Or thirsty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I've been. I've been more depraved in my like attention-seeking behavior than Sammy has ever been. So I don't know. I think I think he's out. I think he's out. Yeah, we'll see him next year. Um, I miss the guy. He's a game changer. Um, But just just I think focus on the guys we saw last week. Like the guys we saw last week are the guys we'll see this week. I could see Bobby suiting him up for the game. Oh my god! Like if he can walk without the boot, like it's not a big deal. Like have him come out, do like, some jumping cause jacks. Because we, we did <laughs> that's what we did against Portland. Didn't Sneed came out? Yeah, in pads and threw the ball around, and then I was like, oh, it's Cam. I can see that, but I'm gonna guess that, <clears throat> barring a national title appearance, we probably won't see Sammy. Um, yeah. So Eric asks us. What are the best spots to go in Weber for those that are headed down? Who on the pod has dance skills that would be matched with Rumi the Lions during his dance-off with Monty? Luke is by far the best dancer in this group. I, I um, guess so, too. I've not default. seen Luke dance, but I'm going to guess. Yeah. And none of us are Ogden experts. So I had... so. Um, Someone asked me where we went the last time. I was like, well, we went to this breakfast place that was just kind of like funky. It was like girl in a jelly jar or pig in a jelly jar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I Google reviewed that place, yeah. and I never Google review places, mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. it I, had the, good. I had the chicken and waffles. So did I. But what, I, um, what sticks out to me was their music playlist. I wrote, I gave an exorbitant tip and wrote, thank you to whoever picks the music. <laughs> and I might not have shared that with you guys, but I loved that place. That's no, um, good. That's good. I'm going to find out about it. And it's, I think, yeah, it's Pig in a Jelly Jar. Yeah, Pig in a Jelly Jar. Yep, that's the one. And so I, 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 the other one I looked up was, I think the at least the last time we were there, I'm going to guess maybe the similar... That there was like those two sports bars that were next to each other. One was called Brewskies, which I think was the one where most Grizz fans who were traveling with the team with the team or oh, right, adja- adjacent right. to the team was at that bar. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a Grizz bar, but it was. I think it was just really close to the the hotels. So Ogden down the downtown of Ogden's got a little bit of downtown Missoula vibe to it, like a little. Kinda, mm-hmm. you know, and it's uh, it's kind of its own little funky stretch, in a in a in a <clears throat> a different sea of other other things, and so um, it it I don't know. There's a couple <laughs> little bars there. There was nothing that was like you gotta go here. Well, 
I don't know. I mean, that place was cool, but it was just like it wasn't this amazing experience. And you know, you know, if you had more time down there, I would suggest trying to find a hike because I yeah. I was remember yeah. being I was surprised or stunned at how pretty it was. Like yeah. it's right in the bosom of the mountains there. Like I was like, man, this place would be cool to mountain bike or hike or something, but it's covered in snow now though. So <laughs> go for Wait, a little there, snowshoe, brother. Get out the, <laughs> get, the get out the fat tire of the bikes. And yeah, go. dude. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Johnny Claxton <laughs> asked first if the 406 with caps with RTD on the back looked as seem as cheap as they looked on TV. Uh, he says he is not a fan. But he he uh, does appreciate that Bobby is not superstitious because they first broke those hats out in the cat game, which didn't go so well. But then they kept them on and it went better because as uh, Johnny Claxton is pointing out, he definitely changed his outfit after the Bozeman game. On the superstition side, all shirts, the shirts that I've worn in all three of the Grizz losses, are they don't come back up. They're gone. They, they are retired for the year. They don't wear them. I don't know if those hats. I don't know. They look cheap. I don't think they there's must be a store behind them. I don't know. Yeah. They do look cheap. They look uncomfortable. They're fitted, right? They're like those Nike ones that I had the other year. Yeah, right. but the what front looks too prominent. Is if they're concerned about violating the copyright that one place has about putting 406 on hats. Oh, you know that's a thing. It's copyrighted. What one business has the oh. copyright? On 406? That's, that's according to Bear Tycoon of the Montana Minute. Well, I don't I don't trust anything that guy yeah, says. Verify that. Yeah. Verify that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brian Morso asked us our take on Bo Baldwin. I think we got to that. Last Twitter question we had from Dominic Goebel. Will Dante Olsen reach 200 tackles this season? He's at 165. I mean, if we get to the national championship. I'd say... Most likely not. Probably not. Yeah. I'm going to go with the under on that, but. <sighs> yeah. You know, it was super um, validating to hear Tayoka Jackson. He was um, the color guy in the booth mm-hmm. for the Grizz game. He he played at Penn State. He played for like 12 seasons in the NFL. I mean, he's like a legitimate as as, football as color player. commentators go, he was actually pretty pretty decent. Yeah, the two guys in the yeah. booth were super fun. We had a lot of fun that game. Um, they loved Missoula. <laughs> they thought the atmosphere was great. They Did were. Did you finagle your way into a spotter job for them too? I, you what know, you, what are you on some like sports spotter in Missoula website or something? I don't know how it happened, but some lady from ESPN like shot me an email and was like, "You available? Like, I hear you know numbers." And I was like, not dyslexic, I'll tell you that much. I don't know. Well, it's not a difficult job. There's a lot of validity to our podcast that you got a, a job call from ESPN. Well, that's what it is. The best part was uh, Grizz Athletics pulled out some hot chili for the game. Usually it's like just pizza at pizza, which, I mean, is fine. I've never turned down a, a slice of Pizza Hut, but. We had chili in the fixins this game. That was Ooh, nice. Nice. But uh, no, no, the Tayoka Jackson w- was more than had more than enough superlatives for Dante Olson, and you know said definitively on the broadcast, "This is a future NFL player." And I like to say it a lot, but I what the hell do I yeah. know? Yeah. 
that's a man who played in the NFL for over a decade. So trust him. I like it. All right. Yeah. That's uh, that's it for the Twitter. I will say we did get tagged. Uh, Luke Rounds had shared. There's these, of course, predictive websites that predict the scores with their algorithms. And mm-hmm. Luke shared with us that um, Montana would win 30 to 26. Wow. All right. Um, before we get to the egress questions, we do have a late submission from the commissioner of our fantasy football league. Uh, Dylan reached out <laughs> wanting to know how Brent is doing after Zachert's oh, scoring 27.07 points to fall a tenth of a point. Our commissioner is like, he is. I could read some some potentially tampering. I could no. I could read some potentially tampering texts that this commissioner sent on the day of the trade deadline. So he better be careful with his. Oh, he is such a he's such a troll. He's oh, like a professional troll. If there is a you know patina of shit to like toss out, that guy will find he's it. He's gonna find it. Yeah. Find a way. He's got oh, he's got a good one. He, 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 he's, you know when they talk about running backs having good patience? He does too. He'll wait for the moment. <laughs> All right, questions. Jared, uh, uh, the cyber bully, asked about Bull Baldwin, which we've already talked about. Do we think he'd have the same type of success he had as he had at Eastern? I think it's going to be tougher. I mean, yeah. I think academically, Cal Poly is a tougher school. But California has got a lot more talent. I don't think this matters. <laughs> Sounds good I don't think the academics matter. All institutions, especially public institutions, have like waivers. Ways to get in. People. That they can get people in that don't meet the standards, like the, the strict standards. He does also say San Luis Obispo is greater than Cheney. I've only ever been a Cheney, but I'm going to agree with you. Uh, um, Montana Bourne asks, I know this has been discussed, but... What is your take on the reluctance to change up the defense into something like a 4-3 with a cover 2 or maybe even a cover 1? It seems like we're wasting two positions with the four safety set, stop the run first, and since our safeties are always chasing the receivers locked down. I think we are running this defensive scheme because we don't have any more depth on the D-line. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah, agree. I think, I think that's right. Um, you know, the four safety thing, I mean, our safeties are kind of like linebackers. I mean, sometimes Hauk plays like a linebacker. Sometimes Robertson plays like a linebacker. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know that – I mean, I at this point in the year, it's just I think this is the best system they think they have for for our depth. It, it, it I wonder, too, obviously it's a system that, that Bobby has copied coming from San Diego, but I think it seemed probably like something that they analyzed the roster they had last year as well, too, and what they're recruiting and what they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. Seems like it. It's the same by the same token that it's like we've seen some safeties rotate in and out, but we very rarely see corners. Corbin Walker's rotated out a little bit. A little bit. Um, I just think it is what it is. Now, maybe they'll change something up because we're playing Weber for a second time. We'll see. But <laughs> I don't know. Um, Soldier Grizz asks, is there any doubt Robbie Houck will shatter the Grizz all-time tackles record when his career is over? As long as he remains a starter, I don't think there is a chance he doesn't shatter this record. No way. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> yeah. he probably yeah. shatters it next year. And, and I mean, that that's going to be the thing. Robbie Houck is a junior. With everything we're looking at, this Grizz team next year, barring some, some pretty disastrous stuff, is probably going to be making a postseason run as well. 
So he's going to have another 13, 14 games under his belt. Yeah, he could break it next year or early into his senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grizz in the Box uh, has a question about the BYU punch and the UNI punch <laughs> and wanted to know if James knows about them. Thankfully, no. That's the answer to that question. Would you be comfortable having James drink BYU punch? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Probably. Um, BG, big dog. How many calories are consumed during the recording of the podcast? Uh, Most weeks, not a ton. I mean, how many calories? Whatever's in this this good what's, beer. What's ever in two to four beers a piece? I don't know. And this stuffing. Yeah, this week with the stuffing is a little bit different. All right. Up. All right. Now that I don't want to count calories. <laughs> now, yeah, I don't want to count calories. I don't want to get a complex. Um, now it's clear Mike was wrong. Yeah, we've established that. <laughs> Why does he need to condone the tinfoil hat crowd theory that Sammy is headed to the transfer portal? That's just wrong. First of all, that is not my theory. If there's anybody yeah. on this podcast who's spreading that bullshit, it's not Luke. <laughs> Wait, I didn't catch the first part of that question. He wanted to know why there, I'm concerned about the wait, tinfoil hat. Was it about you being wrong? <laughs> <laughs> there, There is a swirling, only to be found on message board rumor that Sammy Akem could be looking at a grad transfer. I just don't buy it. I do not buy it. And we're not going to give this any more airtime. I will say, if you watch him on the sideline, you watch his interactions... He does not look like a guy that's going to leave. No, he team. looks like a guy that wants to be out with his teammates and is is Absolutely. playing hard. Absolutely. And, un, and and unfortunately, and I'm not saying this is fair, but I don't think by him getting hurt, I think it ruins any chance of that because he doesn't have the glamour stats to go out and get a big pro and take a look at him. So I think he can get noticed here just as much as he can notice anywhere else. Yep. Please come back, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> So, a question for Luke. Oh, this is good. Oh, no. A car leaves Missoula eastbound at 75 miles an hour. So Wait, what? A car. A car. A car is... Yep. Leaves Missoula eastbound at 75 miles an hour. Assuming it stops at every town pump right down the road, how long before it reaches Savage? <laughs> Give this to Luke right away. Something great for him to do while you and Mr. Wrong talk about football, Bryn. <laughs> Oh my god! Who posted that? Oh, that's BG oh, Big Dog. Man, god, all right. So crazy. Savage is way out by Sydney, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it's. I'm, is Town Pump like? Town Pump kind of stretches the state. I mean, there's it? several Town Pumps between like here and Butte, so you got a ways to go. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's say let's pretend it's 500 miles, and there's a Town Pump. Um. Actually, let's do this. Let's say it's 560 miles, just so it's a divisible by 70. Oh, we're going 75. 75. 150, 300. Let's say it's 550 miles. Okay. How, how, long are, how long are your town pump stops, guys? Give me an average. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Mike and I have been on the road together a couple times. <laughs> With, okay, at, say, at 600 miles, I think it's not 600 miles. I think it's less. But let's say it's 600 miles, right. 75 miles an hour. You got <clears throat> two stops an hour, 150. Oh, my gosh. It's going to take you 
ten and a half hours to get there. There All we right. go. Okay. Ten and a half hours. Heard it here. Lead oh my walk. gosh! And you're still in Montana. Yes, Think about that, guys. I've done. I mean, I've done the drive to Plentywood several times. That's a long ass <laughs> drive, all in one state. I want to Google how all long right. this is. Grizzly Ordigger asks: Past game against SLU reminded me so much of the Idaho State beatdown from early in the season. The big difference between the two games yeah, is the amount of time until the next game. Where are the bye week? Where has the bye week killed us after the ISU win? Let's hope we are talk about this. Yep. Yep. We agree with you. Um, Ursa Major, with the 2019 GFP revelations that Luke hates Christmas, Mike hates Bobby Alcock. Did we talk about this on air what? already? Yes. Brent is a <laughs> godless communist, and all three have been labeled as goons by rival fans. What are the odds that there will be Grizz Fan Pod in 2020? Any chance that any or all the Grizz Fan Pod hosts will be replaced in 2020? Perhaps a spinoff series featuring just Andrew Schmidt and James. Andrew and James, like we could we could plant some questions with James, and he could do a little interview with Andrew. That'd be that could work. We'd have to dial back the swears. On I think Andrew. we could say right now <laughs> that that we are. Um, I'm I'm committed to next year. Brent, are you committed to next year? My my attorneys need to talk to your attorneys. Luke, are you committed? Listen, to next I'm year? I'm committed, but I understand I'm replaceable <laughs> and i'm eyeballing james no, this is our this is our you know the guys in the championship season talk about oh no everyone's staying you know we're not move, we're not pushing everybody off. why mess with success no we'll be back next year as is we spent too okay. much we spent too much money on this shit yeah. i want to say i damn near nailed this estimate oh really? really so i'm looking at um to drive there is eight hours and 34 minutes all right or 546 miles. So if you stopped every 75 miles for 10 minutes, you can you do it eight times for an hour and 40 minutes, right? All right. Eight times, no, an hour and 20 minutes. Excuse me. So Google is estimating, you know, 840 plus an hour 20. That's 10 hours. Did I say ten and a half hours? Yeah, I was off by a half hour. Nice work. That's good. Didn't even take you the whole podcast. They really underestimate you. Ugh. We're definitely not kicking you off the pod. <laughs> CDA Grizz asks, uh, pick one. The Grizz win the national championship this year, but you have to wear rollerblades 24-7 for a year. We're talking work, <laughs> gym, bed, boondoggle conferences in San Francisco, <laughs> games next year, etc. You can take them off to shower, change socks, but they go right back on afterwards. You can't explain why you are wearing the rollerblades to anyone. <laughs> All you get to say is, I just love blading. <laughs> or, just love blading. <laughs> Weaver and miss the playoffs the next three years. Oh my God. I just love blading. I just love blading. This is CDA <laughs> Oh. Shut it down. That's the best question we've ever had. Oh, I'm worried I would get injured, but I'm doing it. I would love to tell people. I'm just blading. Just blading. <laughs> you can pull it off. <laughs> like Mike and me, they'd be like, what the hell? Like, this realtor shows up to meet you at a house. You come just cruising up on a roller yeah, That'd place. be a real tough thing. I can't go inside because I'm just blading. What if you, Let what, me know what you think. What if you get to a house that says, please remove your I shoes? know. It's trouble. Be like, okay, so, you guys look around. So this is marble. <laughs> <laughs> get the, get, they reach out for a comment guns. later, and they're like, 
they thought that there were like roller streaks in the carpet. What do you think that was? <laughs> There's these grooves in the wood floor. I just love blading. Just, blading. I just blading. love blading. All right. Putter asks, uh, with flower speed, why is he not used more to stretch the field? Um, and then he's got a follow-up. Hill spoke a lot about being down as playmakers in the last game. Can the Grizz punch them in the mouth and make those same playmakers cry uncle? Your guess with the flowers thing is as good as ours. I... With a Kem being hurt, I'm surprised they haven't used him to stretch the field more. It makes me wonder if maybe they just don't think as a receiver he's quiet at the same level. I Could don't be. know. Yeah. Tough he's still play. young, so maybe he'll grow into it. Yeah. He got on the field a little bit this week, but not in. I just have to think, you know, you earn your spots. Yep. And, you know, there's a reason why Usain Bolt didn't work out in the NFL. <laughs> There was there were talks about him, you know, oh, yeah, like right. trying to get in the NFL, and he'd be so fast and stretch the field. But it turns out, like former soccer players and sprinters can't catch. I just wonder if maybe you know Flowers isn't one of the top six guys when it in terms of route running and catching yeah. at this moment at in this time. Moment. Yeah, that's fair. But. He's a sophomore, right? Yeah. Super young. A lot yeah. of years in front of him. Yep. Then his other question, can the Grizz punch them in the mouth and make them those playmakers cry <laughs> uncle? I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Grizz are going to punch him in the mouth. It's got to be the plan. Yeah. All right. Everett Grizz, how many naps did James have to take during the marathon game, and was it fewer <laughs> than his dad took? Zero for both of us. <laughs> this is now two straight games by Gubner without registering an INT. Is he just overrated? Absolutely. I think teams have caught up to him, you know? They just the game platform. They know not to throw him. It's just like true. You know, they figured out of it after a while. Don't throw at it. <laughs> Gubner closes down a third of the field. They, they, they <laughs> check to see where Gubner lines up, and if he's on the left side of the field, they immediately look right. Yep. <laughs> um, I told Pod Dog he was a good boy. Okay, good. And then, assuming a neutral field, would you rather play Weber or Austin P this week? Weber. Weber. I'm Weber. Like this is this is what the playoffs are about. Yeah. Like, you know, good for the cats. They're getting one of those magical lineups where they they should have an easy game into the semis. But I, I'm this Weber game is going to be great. I actually really like the notion of getting to call out your opponent, and I think it's a way other sports could sauce up their playoffs. Is allowing the number one seed to pick like who they play because it's not just good enough to like say. Like, I'm going to let the committee seed. Mm. It's like, here's the playoff field. NDSU, who do you want to play? Mm. And then they get to yeah. call their shot. And then the number two seed gets to look at the remainder and say, you know what? I'm going to call out what would logically be the number five seed. Mm. More drama. Mm. More yeah. on the line emotionally. Yeah. Weber wants us. And I think, Sure. Yeah. You yeah, really yeah. want us? Yeah. <laughs> you think you can chew this sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. And matchup-wise, I think oh, we stack up better against Weaver. Totally. I don't want to face a dual-threat QB if I don't have to. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped for this week. Grizzfan406 says, let's pretend we have better corners and Calhoun didn't need to switch to defense. How historically good could our receivers be this year? I actually don't know that they'd be any better because I don't think there was that many more balls to go around. Like, I don't think we were going to run four wide. So those guys would be taking playing time from each other. I mean, it'd be talented, but I don't think it'd be any different than the depth we have at receiver right now. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like Calhoun was a very good receiver, but was he – 
was he a, a, a level of talent and dynamic play that we don't currently have on the field? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Or the coaches want to let him switch. Let's see. What else do we have here? If the Grizz come out and boat race Weber again, do we have a legitimate chance at reaching Frisco this year? I would be interested to see if we come out of Weber healthy. Yeah. Because James Madison, they're good. I'm assuming James Madison wins. They're very talented. They're physical in their own right. Um, if we come out healthy, I think we have more than a puncher's shot. Uh, but if this is a slugfest that leaves us maybe compromised physically, it'd be harder. Yeah. My answer to the question is yes. Oh, I, I don't think so. That's my answer to the question. Okay, yeah. I, I don't think JMU's played very many people. Yeah. I mean, even in the playoffs. like Let's, let's talk again Monday. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you look at, let's, we'll talk Monday, but it's like, Monmouth <clears throat> was good, and we definitely, I mean, yeah. like, we acknowledge that they're but good. But it's Monmouth. But it's Monmouth. I mean, the Grizz would have beat them too. Yes. Yep. And then they're getting a UNI team that might as well have Luke playing quarterback. <laughs> I would have I accepted the scholarship, yeah. yeah. I think that the Grizz would be listen, their toughest out. Listen, I could score in a brothel. <laughs> there we go. All right. Um, Diesel asks, as respected members of the Grizz QB club and longtime fans and supporters of UM, can you guys give assurance to Weber students that their popcorn is safe and will not be knocked out of their no. hands when around Grizz players? Did you hear about this? No. So uh, Kennesaw State apparently had an incident where the students were – Egging on oh, the bench and player a player or players knocked popcorn out of students' hands from the stands in the game at the end of the game too. Kind of saw committed to a full investigation, but I didn't see anything following up from that. So <laughs> watch your damn popcorn, kids. You know what? Here's what I would say, and I, tr- this comes as a fan who's obnoxious and could probably be ridiculous. And we talked about this with the whole cat game as well, too, where that's like the, the the boundaries into the stadium are a little bit lower than they are in Washington Grizz, where you've got to find the stairwells. If you are close enough to a player where they could reach your hands and knock out your popcorn, you did something to deserve it. Now, I'm not saying it's okay for the players to ever go in the stands anywhere, but it's like, what? how are you behaving at a football game where a football player feels the need to reach into the stands and knock something out of your hand? I'm trying to piece it together because the three of us have been there. So that whole side of the field that the visiting team sits on... The students aren't on that side of the field. No, because there's a lot of... Isn't there a track in that side? Yeah, and there's a track between yeah. the benches and the... So, like, that had to be like a player, like, went out of their way and walked over the track. But I thought I heard something close... That somebody was saying that close to the end of the game, there was some incident that if Kennesaw had won, there might have been some issues. So, I, I don't know. Here's the thing. If you're crying about spilt popcorn... Like, toughen up, dude. Like, this should not be an issue at all. Um, no one was assaulted. You spilled some crappy popcorn at the end. Like, chill the F out. That's my take. I like it. Um, second, would you agree with statements from Weber post game that getting the hell knocked out of them by KSU, they are better and stronger for it? Or do you lean on the side of playing a physical triple option team on a short week works against Weber? Mm. I don't know. 
I think that I don't think it does anything for them. It may make them beat up, but everybody's beat up at this point of the year. You know, you talk about the Grizz coaches legitimately feel that they were a little bit beat up coming out of Weber, and that's part of the reason they came out shell-shocked against the Cats. I don't know, maybe, but I don't really see it. Yeah, I just, you know, I think we haven't seen another conference as physical as ours. Right, right. And Kennesaw's from the Big South. So, like, I don't know that they really beat up on Weber. I mean, it might have been a physical game to some extent, but Weber is used to more physical teams and they're going to be, they're going to be ready for us. Um, so I wouldn't put it too much weight in that game. Yeah. Fair. Third, in the show of unity with Weber fans. Can your pod please endorse <clears throat> the use of warm clothes for any night? <laughs> Full endorse. You want to be comfortable for that game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's no valor in suffering. Speaking of warm clothes though, I don't know since you were in the booth, if you really saw any of the crowd shots that um, ESPN yeah, yeah. was doing. But, you know, in the student section, they had the letters. Yep. And it was four guys and a gal. Yep. Did you recognize that gal? No. She was the one sitting behind us at the cat game in the giant fur coat with the sign on her back who was in love with one of the players and was clearly hammered. Listen, Same girl. Listen, I I, admire rem- her dedication. I, I remember this drama, and I'm not going to name names. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I was trying, you know, I don't know. Yep. I respected the guy. Like, hey, you got you to gotta warm a little biscuit under that blanket. Like, invite her in. She's, never mind. I got nothing there. Oh, that part. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Mike. <laughs> God, you're... <laughs> Disgust me sometimes. <laughs> no, it's like, where are you going with this? What is happening? You were referencing back to the cat game. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There, there was, there was, a, there was a cat fan hitting on her. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. I was just saying that she was drunk and a little bit obnoxious. She was super obnoxious, but she's a great Grizz fan. Yep. I admire loves their the Grizz, so you know, respect that first. All right. Zerg uh-huh. wants to know: Does anyone ever learn anything of interest in these press conferences? I appreciate the guys that go to them, but Bobby gives a generic answers with a lot of "I don't knows" every other question. Is it off limits to ask why JLM has been under the radar so much in recent games, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Um, some pertinent questions would make it a bit more interesting. Pertinent questions aren't going to get answered. Yeah, it's funny because I've heard Bobby talk about how he wishes people ask better questions, but. You're not going to answer them. You've heard my thoughts on this a couple weeks ago. Brent mashed them all into a clip that's out on the Twitters. Um, the Twitters? Is there two Twitters? No, I was making a joke, but no, I don't want to uh, acknowledge it. You know, I think Bobby... Bobby Houck last week was talking about Twittering things out. Twittering things? Yeah. Cool. I think if I think if a journalist showed up or... I mean, I mean, not just journalists could ask questions. Like, any random person could show up and ask a question to Bobby, but... Mm-hmm. I think if someone asked an interesting schematic question, like, you know, a true football coaches type question, he might think about answering it. But he's not going to give you explanations on personnel. Um, yeah. You no. know, I think the answer for all these things is, uh, like, JLM hasn't, you know, been super impactful in, like, a yards and stats way. But... Um, Intelligent football knows that you don't have to be impactful by getting yards. Like, 
Dalton Sneed throws to open guys, and if JLM isn't open, he's not throwing him the ball, right? Like, yeah. I think teams look at JLM more than we know, and he could be the third option on a lot of routes, and Dalton doesn't need to get there. Other times, Jerry's covered. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, Zerg, I don't think we disagree with you. It's just I don't know that it's it's coach coaches live for coach speak. I don't yeah. I just don't think we're getting a lot out of them. But I actually I will say that if you watch the press conferences, you can tell when he thinks that people asked a good question. So maybe you're onto something. Mm-hmm. You know, prepare a little bit more. Uh, Curtis Michael says, please discuss the production quality of the hype video produced by Weaver State's number one fan. Have you guys seen this? No, it I, I thought weird. I did. The only thing it reminds me of is there's an old SNL skit with um, Will Ferrell, and he's like in a dark room, and you kind of see his face come and go, and he's talking. <laughs> and that's what this guy's doing. It's like black, really darkness, and then you can kind of see a silhouette of his face, and he's like it's, all hyped up, but saying ridiculous things. Like YouTube says like, the video was removed. I wonder if Weber seemed to take it down. Wait, 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 wait. When was it released? Today. Or I found it today. Weaver State rallies the state of Utah to fill up the stadium. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, I see it posted. Oh, by Pussycat Killers. (laughs) He's basically just like screaming at the camera. It's weird. I can tell you I wasn't hyped. (laughs) Yeah, well. The video's um, down, though. I don't think it's up anymore. Maybe. Did he get a copyright infringement? Maybe. Oh, uh, BG Big Dog uh, thinks I threw you under the bus with my explanation about it being you who's fueling these Sammy rumors. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, beware the D enjoyed that we laughed at the name. <laughs> Won't go into the origins of how the name came to be, but he's loving the recognition. Uh, he asks since the Grizz are on the road this week where's your favorite least favorite place that you've been to a Grizz road game he was in Pocatello when the Grizz won 12 to 10 against the last ranked Bengals when we were number one Um, I was at that game too uh, hmm. Hmm. you know Moscow's so not fun that we always leave that's true. We go to Spokane. Yeah. But we won. I, I mean, we we won that game, so we had fun. It depends on who we're with. Eastern Washington sucks. It's, Cheney's bad. A lot of these places are fun if you win. Like, if you win at Bozeman or you win at Eastern Washington, it's a lot of fun because it's like you get a season. Because you won. Yeah. You won. Yeah. I don't know that I have a favorite, though, honestly. I've heard, I think that if I'd been to the California schools, they'd be my favorite because I've, I've heard that... They're around nice things, and you could go do Sac's wine not. stuff. Sacramento's and, not. Would, well, Sac and Davis are within an easy drive of It nice would be places. really funny to win and then go out and have no one at the bars know that there was even a game. <laughs> what are you here for? <laughs> so, I, I've, I've been to one game at Sac State, and the Grizz, it was a weird, rainy game, and the Grizz won, and we... That that is precisely what happened. We went to like the closest bar. We rolled in our girls' gear, and it's like people just looked at us. They're watching soccer. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) just like oh, it looks like you guys are out in the rain. It was a really rainy, muddy game. It was just it was it was ridiculous. I don't know. Cheney's no fun. You know, Portland's a fun spot to be before it moved to Hillsborough. Before it moved to Hillsborough, because then you were like right in downtown Portland. So after the game, you could. You had 
all sorts of things right around you. You can hit a lot of bars. You can do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Um, Glacier Grizz X says, what will make up of the passing game look like next year with the Cam and Teray? Will Teray become receiver number one or will Cam retain it? And do we have a QB like Dalton, a QB like Dalton that will be able to optimize the talent at this position? I mean, I think what we have is the rare time where we're going to have two true, legit number ones. And if a defense wants to double one up, great. Throw to the other one. And if defense wants to try and take those two guys out, then we're going to destroy them in yeah. the slot. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's it's an ideal year. And I think that, honestly, if we can get it right, we should set passing records. Because, you know, people aren't going to be able to stop us. As to who's throwing – there's a um, junior college QB who's committed, uh, Robbie something, mm-hmm. um, whose film was great. Um, <clears throat> people liked him. I'm still holding out hope for a, another transfer. And, uh, you know, Cam showed that he can throw the ball a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what we do with the QB position in the spring. It'll be interesting. Cam is a senior year. Presumably will open spring camp QB1. And if he can keep growing uh, on the trajectory that he has been on, could be in for a great season, but it'll be fascinating because there will be, I think you, we know what Bobby does. There will be a pretty fierce competition and Cam will not inherit this job. He will have to earn it. And with a Juco kid that will be here this spring, tough to say what's going to happen with Garrett Graves. And then if Chris Brown. Garrett Graves is not a quarterback. No, I don't think so. No, but. Yeah. I mean, Chris Brown has been dressing since Dalton got hurt and still yeah. dressing. Yeah. So, I mean, he's the third QB. Um, Kodiak had a couple good answers on the defense. It's worth going and looking at it. He talked about basically kind of what we said, that they're using the 3-3-5 as a necessity because they don't have D-line depth. Like um, we said. Mm-hmm. Kind of refers to Robertson as a bit of a linebacker. It's a good post. Um, and thinks JLM will get more touches as the team's key on Ture, which is what you just said. All so, right. Um, and that is... Okay. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? If you can get to the game, get there. Let's have some Grizz fans take this place over. We will be tailgating. I will tell you. With or without alcohol. I will tell you, reading their fans whine this week about how dirty this team is. I mean, it's like I, I watched the game. Like, you guys just got hurt. Like, they weren't dirty plays. You just got hurt. Yeah. I, I think the Grizz are going to be fired up, and I think they're going to kick their ass. Let's go. I love it. I, I agree. I like it. Guys, anything else? No. Good to go. All right. If we know you, we'll see you sooner. Hopefully we see you in Ogden, Luke included. And if not, <laughs> we will be here no matter what next week to chat about this game. Go Grizz. Fight, Fight on. on.